city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jayla's from Nick of Time Show. Here, give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time and a little bit late because of technical difficulties, but that's okay because we're still here to quench your thirst talking about this 2022 Nick's draft. Before we get into it, you already know what it is. We got to do an intro. First and foremost, below me, you can see is my man from the YouTube channel across the street. I call him the raw metaphor. It is the raw Hebrew remnant. What's going on, raw? Man, getting the band together. Let's do this. Yeah, it's about time we got back together. It's been a minute. I know you guys been starving. We here though, right? Next up, we got my guy, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G is in the building. Ryan G, you gotta unmute. Here, Zoom. <laughs> I, I did on my fault. Okay, rising to the building. My fault about that. Didn't you know, didn't know I was on mute. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into the draft talk. All right, and of course we got our man of the hour, uh, our draft expert. This guy, he's one of the he's the first draft guy. Oh, Nick's Nation want to have him on the show. <laughs> but it's good. I'm glad to see this guy win, man. He, 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 Making a name for himself and he's back like he is every year talking to us. It is my man Jake Rosen, who is been right for the steppy and now is a con that's what he's creating content for us. <laughs> What's going on, dude? I mean, I'm not gonna let you try to pitch me on big time like that. that, that oh, you big time. Now I'm uh, now um, I'm happy to be back. Uh, this is one of my favorite shows. I'm not even just saying that because you guys are here. Um, it's a great energy. I always have a great time talking trash. Mix as well, <laughs> so there's, it's it's a lot a lot of good things are happening here at once. I'm excited to be back and uh, let's talk some Nick's draft. Let's do it. You heard it here first. The gunshots. This is one of his favorite shows. They don't even have to ask him. They don't have to rehearse him. He just said it with his chest. Hey, you must it must be true, damn it. It must be. True. <laughs> hey, they say we're echoing. Why are we echoing? I got it. I got it. Uh, I, I switched oh. it off. Yeah, I think I fixed it right now. Okay. All right. Technical difficulties. All right, cool. Sorry, we back. It's been a little bit rusty, but we here. All right. So yeah, we tone it, tuning it up. We good. <laughs> we tone it up. We tone it up. So yes, let's sir. get to it now. Now, Jake, you've been doing this for a while. This this season has been. Uh, first, I want to ask you, what is your draft philosophy this season for these New York Knicks? Because if you guys don't want to, he's not just a draft guy. He's a, he's a Knicks fan. All right. He's a. Oh. He's a okay. Knicks fan, so he's not. Oh, this is uh, he's a he's a guy who was for Portland, and now we have no. He's a Knicks fan, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're looking at how you're evaluating this year's draft, you know that we're drafting at eleven. Um, what are you looking at? What is your draft strategy for prospects this year? Because you know, <clears throat> the, the 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 consensus kind of is like you know, it's it's there's some guys here, but it's maybe not as deep. Or as talented as most drafts this year, I think that's it's been said this season. So, how do you approach it? I think in this draft, especially, it's going to sound simplistic and really elementary, but 
get a good player. Um, it's like really that's it's that simple for me. It's that this draft, what it definitely lacks, um, you know, when you get outside the top three, um, well, I would say Ivy, Chet, and Paulo, my top three, mm-hmm. um, you you lack, you know, these creator bets where you can kind of take a swing for the fences and you get a little mix of tools and you get a little mix of production. Uh, this class doesn't really have that. It's a lot of forwards, and then you have uh, some of your complementary wings like Johnny Davis, Dyson Daniels, AJ Griffin, kind of a couple of bigs that are you know hanging around the lotto, Jalen Duran, Mark Williams. But you don't really have uh, those high end playmakers or guys who are going to generate a lot of paint touches, or even even players that are super adept like in pick and roll. Mm. Um, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara has been like rising rapidly up the draft because he is like one of three players in the first round that can hit the roll out of a pick and roll. Um, like that's just not what this draft has. Eesh. It doesn't have a lot of creators, but it does have players that you can stockpile um, and can be flexible and can sure up gaps in the wings, especially. So um, when I'm talking about going for good players, like, capitalize on the 11 spot um be confident in your evaluation whoever it is and you know don't try to don't try to swing for the fences don't try to overcomplicate things um go get someone who you can predict being a part of your future they don't necessarily need to be the cornerstone or even the secondary cornerstone mm. but uh just keep keep adding players because i think um it was on another knicks podcast and that's what we both agreed the knicks had done a really good job over the past couple of years is uh actually getting value out of the players that yeah have. and it's and it sounds so simple and so redundant but um how many years have the Knicks been drafting the lottery in the top 10 and not get guys on? We know the stat about second contracts. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Charlie so, Warkers. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Knox, so, uh, Frank. I love Frank, but he was he's not a top 10 guy. You don't but yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, so like I don't think I mean, I think some Knicks fans, like the jury's taught on RJ Barrett on what his ultimate ceiling is. And I think some Knicks fans, I mean, me included, are still kind of fiending for that like star punch um in the draft. But I would say personally, like you're probably not going to get a good bet at 11, especially not this year. So do what you have been doing really well, which is, I mean, again, Obi Toppin, like is, are we going to look back on him and say he's the eighth best player? Maybe, maybe not. But what we can get is he's providing us with good minutes. He's been growing and he's mm-hmm. shown some things like that's at some, you got to take that at face value and you know be happy with it. IQ, that's a really good, looking like really good value in the late first. Um, so I think the Knicks have done a really good job of, getting stuff out of their players and it sounds so simple but it's kind of easier said than done yeah shout out to Walt Perrin yeah. and those guys I don't know if you guys need to have anything to add to that well um for myself I I am looking at this to, it depends if they move up they can well, we're going to talk about that okay? yeah we're talking about 11 the move up is well, a different I'm conversation just, I'm, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying you asked in general yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on where they're drafting if they stay at 11 then I agree completely with what Jake just said. But if they don't, mm. it's opportunity. Let's just put it that way. I mean, we can... Mm-hmm. Talk, we, is that we, knocking on the door like, I hear opportunity? Is that you? I mean, my, plan, <laughs> <laughs> my plan A, assuming... I mean, assuming we're I mean, we're talking about the same guy in Jaden Ivey. Um, if he's there at four, that's, my plan A is going up and trying to get him. Um, I think we're going to talk about what you would give up to... Because obviously, uh, it's going to be... I don't know how steep the price is going to be to move up from four to 11. Um, but you're more than likely maybe a young player, maybe a future pick. Um, we talked about before yeah. that 2023 draft is pretty strong. Um, I'd be really hesitant to give up an unprotected or a top three protected uh, top five is still a little dicey. Um, but at some point uh, you got to take with what you know. And uh, what we know is Jaden Ivey is a rapidly improving absolute 
future superstar, in my opinion, um, or at least he has the potential to do so. So uh, Jalen uh, or Jaden Avi, I'm sorry, is uh, someone who kind of fits the, the needs that the Knicks um, are salivating over, which is a creator who can get into the paint. He's obviously box office when it comes to athleticism and dunks, but from a functional basketball standpoint, as someone who's going to create advantages, bend the defense, have the ball in his hands, but still be able to play off the ball a little bit. Um, obviously it's a little murky because we still ha- do have Julius Randle on our team who uh, takes up a lot of ball, t- a lot of touches. And uh, I think that's something we all kind of love to live in a utopia where he doesn't exist, but he does. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily something you should try to encounter. Like if you think, if you think Jay Navi is there for a reasonable price, like go get him and we can figure out the Randall stuff later. But um, I think it's very obvious that he's not going to be, the number one option on a next team moving forward that is going to be serious about competing or getting better or you know moving in the right direction. So uh, I would go get him. That would be my, I, it's very possible that the price is too high and you don't want to do that, but um, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I know, I know there's been some murmurs and rumors, so we'll, we'll see what happens. To me, I mean, the dream for Knicks fans, I'm not sure how realistic it is not. Uh, and shout out to Roy, Roy did a video about this about um trading with the Sacramento Kings and pairing Julius Randle with a bonus clunky fit but um <laughs> but we, are, we don't we, we don't know the price that's the dream scenario for us we are, we are talking about the Kings you know? yeah, yeah we are yeah, yeah, yeah we are <laughs> they, I mean if we're talking about the Kings though they've talking like taking like 37 point guards I and, mean but this and they've done just trade they just traded Tyrese Halliburton yeah you're right true. but they also but, just drafted yeah. him and paired him with and, and they actually, at least mentally, make more sense in my mind. I mean, that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen the team do. And I don't know when they I mean, just treated Halliburton. Oh my it, god! It, it might be dumb, but at the end of the day, it's like they did have point guards there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah, they did have yeah, a surplus yeah. of point guards at least. So it's like if they let one go, it's like okay, what was, was Halliburton the right one to let go? That's another question. That but... you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But but see, but but Sabonis plays. He's six eleven. He plays the five as well, and he shoots the three. So I don't know what's the big clunk. I don't know what the big problem is. Defensively is a big problem to me. But well, well, I'm well, getting, well, getting, the whole team's a big cooked. problem. That whole team, except Davion Mitchell, is a big problem defensively. Maybe well, Rashawn, maybe maybe you are Sean Holmes. That's it. Right. They don't play. Yeah. But we, we, let's, let's steal the conversation back to Jay and Ivy and, and less on that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a side. That was a fun side conversation because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like talking about basketball. But was right, was right. the I've heard a lot of John Morant comparisons um, between Jaden Ivey and Ja. Uh, to me, Ja, when I was watching Ja anyway, he to me, he seemed like heads and shoulders above Jaden as far as a playmaker. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. How would you compare Jaden Ivey to Ja Morant? I know it's a silly question. No, the-, the comps are so funny. And and it's just like when you do this stuff all throughout the year, like I'll never forget watching – you, you watch Jaden in November. You're like, oh, he's getting. He, he'll get Jacoms come draft time. Like you can just, <laughs> you can it's, smell it's it. It's like very obvious to tell. It's also like when you turn, like the hair is similar. Like the jump shot <laughs> mechanics are kind of similar. <laughs> if you follow them on Twitter, like he just retweets everything Jacom. Like he, like it is very clear. Is something there. Like he definitely tries to be him a little. No, bit. he follows but, him for sure. <laughs> for sure. But on the court, I, on the court, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the their biggest differentiator is prospects is uh Jaws a playmaker is miles ahead of Ivy. Now Ivy's made strides and Ivy is a very clear pathway to get even better uh, with the way he just cap like captivates defenses and draws multiple eyes, multiple defenders. And uh he excelled there and 
grew throughout the year, but he's no Ja. Um, Ja is a playmaker, especially like I know everyone. I'll never forget watching Ja in the first round of the NCAA tournament, just decimate uh, Marquette and just playmaking and just making all the right reads, getting wherever he wanted on the floor. Um, Jaden's a little different. I, I and it's you know it's obviously like Ja's. Um, I mean Ja's. It seems like he's getting thirty in all these big games and just still scoring. And I mean when the pull ups going, what can you do about it? But uh, I think Jaden's more of yeah, no, I mean, Jaden's definitely more of a scoring guard, um, but also someone that I think uh, can play off the ball a little bit more and like projects better there than Ja did coming out. Um, I think Ja's still definitely a better prospect because you trust him more as a as a lead ball handler. He makes better decisions, um, more sound running the pick and roll, getting to his spots. But uh, Jaden's definitely a better shooter as a, from a projection standpoint. Okay. And uh, plays off the ball a little bit better. He's a little bit bigger, um, similar athletes, I think. Jaden's a wild athlete. Like it feels crazy <laughs> saying, like mm-hmm. it feels crazy saying, like him and Ja are similar athletes. But like some of the sh- stuff that Jaden did all throughout the year, and even like the functional stuff, like it, it's just, like, watching him in transition, watching him in stop starting the half court. It's crazy. Um, it, it's really mind blowing, honestly. Uh, so I am uh, ridiculously high on Jaden Ivy. If it wasn't for me, just also being really high on Chet and Paulo, like I could easily get to like having him in the top two, but I just um, love yeah. those two. I, I, yeah, I love those guys too much. Um, and I'm just like ridiculous high, high on both Chet's uh, like two way upside and Paulo just being an absolute offensive stud. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Jaden, like, I think the case that Jaden's put together, not only to be in the top three, but just like should be regularly mentioned towards the top of the draft. Like I wouldn't take him at one or two with those guys on the board, but um seeing Jabari kind of get annoyed anointed into like the consensus first overall pick while Jaden's like yeah he might go fourth like he might go fifth I'm like are we watching the same guys like I, I it's wild to me that Jaden hasn't picked up any top three buzz or I mean it's it's really mind-blowing um if you just look at how he improved throughout the year how he grew as a playmaker how productive he was combined with the potential and upside with his athleticism and handle and tools it's I don't know. It's he gets. I'm really excited to talk about him, and um, <laughs> it's almost like too good to be true for the Knicks to go and make that happen. So I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed, and, and we'll see. It's kind of like we missed out on Joss, or kind of make things right here. But um, <laughs> let's see. It, it, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would give up. It's you got to look at like I've been thinking about trades um, in this like thinking about from just two years or I'm not two years ago, a few years back when. Dallas moved up from five to three and did the Luca Trey swap. Yeah. They had to give up an unprotected first. Um, <sighs> now I'm not, I don't know how good the Knicks are going to be. A Jaden yeah. Ivy, Julius Randall team, probably not that good. An unprotected first um, with Scoot Henderson, Wemby, and those twins waiting in the wings. Uh, that scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, it depends on what year. Depends on what oh, year, no, like you said. 2020, 2024, send it away. I'm, I'm so, 2024, I'm, so I'm doing it. <laughs> 2020, 2024, send it away. I love DJ Wagner, but let's do it. Um, that's But 2023, and it, it is, I've been saying this for everyone I've talked to, because this is a real, like, how do you, like, gauging the next year's draft, it, it always looks shinier, right? Like, they haven't been to college yet. Right. You're 
like even me, I watch a ton of AU and high school basketball. There are guys that get to college, and I'm just like, holy shit, like, that is not what I expect this to look like. <laughs> um, and so every year you're go- you're bound to have some of those. But like next year, I don't know if you guys have seen clips of uh, Victor Wembanyama, like the seven three. Have not yet. From yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen a couple. Clips. You gotta all right, yeah. Jalen. When we get off the call, you just gotta look him up, and then you'll understand yeah. why. Like even a ten percent chance at him, like putting that on the table, is terrifying to me because like. This dude is just game breaking, um, and, and it's just unprotected picks are playing with fire. Um, so it would be really interesting. I think that those negotiations would be really hard set on both sides. Um, and obviously, you know, we're talking about going up to trade up for a guy, and we don't even know what the price we're willing to pay. Um, so it, it's kind of a hypothetical conversation. But in terms of just a pure basketball fit, I, I think Jaden Ivey and the Knicks is probably as good as it gets. Yeah, and rumors have gone around that the Knicks are looking into Jaden Ivey. And like Raw said earlier, the kings are the kings. Like, I don't even think, like, who, I mean, who they got back for. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're the kings. But I, I, so be, if I was going to be fair and say, let's, let's fit it, I would say Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, the Dallas 2023, and give me back Barnes and number four. I would do that. Yeah, I feel like they're going to ask for another pick. If I'm this. Sacramento, I'm hanging up the phone and <laughs> you are the team with Luca, they're 2023. No thanks. I'm gonna I'll take the fourth pick. But no, this is it. This is what I mean. This is honest, like trade negotiations are super complicated. That I I would definitely have no idea like how it gets, but I can only imagine they're super complicated. Then once you factor in weighing the potential of a draft class that like you've scouted, but you haven't seen them in college, and it's like that makes the whole situation that much murkier. Um, in the end, I would argue, I mean, yeah, I think it's like kind of an indisputable fact. I love Trey Young more than anything, but we're on a Knicks podcast here, so I got to watch myself. But um, <laughs> giving up an unpre- like giving up Cam Reddish to go get Luca instead of having Trey Young probably worked out. Um, yeah. There is, yeah, there's definitely a world in which the Knicks uh, give up unprotected and then that would be the year they won the lottery and Wemby is a uh, king. I don't know. I don't that's just that. our luck. Because <laughs> that's that just would, our luck. I, I, you know, y'all, y'all too sp- I mean, no. Nah, nah. I, if, I might throw in another pick, but I ain't, no. I'm not overspending for that crap. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, might throw I in another you. pick. You you went to 2024 and you went Dallas 23. Okay, we do that. But I'm not yeah. throwing in too much. We're talking about a kid that hasn't played in NBA yet. So, come on. I mean, I believe he's got talent to be an all-star. There's no doubt. But yeah. But we're still speculating. And, and so I can't to me, this draft to me is really like if you if you're putting together a young core on the Knicks, which is obviously what they're doing. To me, this is between Matherin and Ivy. This is a realistic possibility that you can complete your development you, you know, in terms of acquisition and start going straight into development with these guys that you got. And you can go somewhere. But that's why I like this one. If, you, if you're going to go at 11. Right, like like Jason said, you're just gonna add the best player, you're gonna add talent. But if you could get a guy that could be your, you know, this is their guy, this is your Tatum right here. This is your guy that could take you to that next level in a couple of years. I, I like uh I like Ivy and I like Matherin, but I'm not gonna give away the whole store to get a guy that hasn't played you know a minute in the NBA yet. You, you know, we yeah. pause me pause right there to move the conversation along. All I do, I did want to ask J- uh Jake. Uh, Jaden's biggest deficiencies, what you think he improves on? I feel like I know he's going to say already, and then I'm going to move that conversation on to uh, to, to uh, what, what we're always talking about. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think your biggest deficiency, 
I I would say it's the mid range and the in between in in between game. Like I think that's his most glaring deficiency. Mm-hmm. He knows he needs to work on it. He's been quoted multiple times and post yep. and like pre draft interviews, um, which is awesome. Like great self awareness. Love that he's working on that. Um, a lot of it is just being more proactive there. So him being aware of that issue in itself is a really good thing. Because there were times I just want him to like take more floaters, take more pull-ups. It's there. Um, once he gets around that screen, like he's going to see deep drop. Um, Absolutely. It's I think the matter. It's what he's seeing from the big. I think he will see a ton of deep drop. So knowing how to hit that mid-range, uh, hit the floater, all the stuff that Jazz like super mastered um, will be so important. The other thing I will say is the shooting. I buy the shooting. He shot it really well this year. Uh, pull-ups, movement threes. It, like it was all there however he shot 26 percent or something as a freshman um i think he's probably somewhere in between the two i think he was really cold his freshman year and got pretty hot his sophomore year mm. um we have like we specialize in high school data and stuff at cerebro we do have him charted at 39 percent of i think like it's in the it's in the high 30s uh, mid to high 30s i'll take for, that to for, the for uibl which is which is really good um wait consider, like ryan you mean like is that your projection for his nba Oh no no no! Um, in AAU, in oh, AAU. Oh, I'm about to say. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, if oh, 39 percent the NBA. Yeah. Oh my God. We, yeah, 100. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So this, so um, it's like an 80 shot sample. I think, uh, and I think he shot about 38 or 39 percent, which is good in itself. And then, um, given context to the UIBL as a whole, um, it's even better. A lot of guys hovering around the low 30s. So that's definitely encouraging. But it's still not set in stone. Um, I think. His shooting projection, it's not murky. I would I, I do buy it, but like I don't want to just fully brush it off as this isn't something we have to worry about at all. Like I do think he'll see a lot of unders and just help it be proving it to hit it from like a pull up from NBA range. I'm not going over to then leave my big man one on one with Jay Ivy getting downhill. Um, even if he especially if he does iron out the in-between game. So I do think uh, the biggest efficiencies for me would be, you know, that process, the pace is a pick and roll band ball handler still playing the game a little bit slower uh, as fast as he is and he got so much better play like stop starting and accelerating and utilizing that burst throughout the year but still sometimes um you know playing a little bit sped up and a little bit premeditated and then just ironing out that three ball so there's no yeah. doubt in my mind and you can't go under because if like that's what, what jaws like people are going to go under and if jaws seen that's why we said when he jaws hitting that pull up three what there is nothing for you to do nothing. you can't go you can't go under you can't go over you can't get to level he'll blow by you like and i don't i'm not saying Jaden like that's a very um surface well surface level way of looking at it that like oh there's no flaws he can kill you from all three levels like you're screwed it's not actually the case but i do think like Jaden does have the tools where that even is on the table. Like yeah. you, you don't want to get to that level of the screen because you're just conceding a blow by. Um, he's that fast. No, I agree completely. Agree. Yeah, yeah. So, completely agree. Although I, I liken him more to a to a pre injury Victor Oladipo than to Ja. I think. He's I, more, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that as a driver. I'm more, I'm more like because mm. because this guy and his, and I think he's actually uh can be better than Victor because his first step is like unreal. It's just ridiculous. This guy yeah. goes from zero to like 60 in a half a second. So uh, if he ever, and let you know, every, all of these guys, everybody we're talking about, except if he's like a Luka Doncic, they're going to have, you know, holes in their game that need to be worked on. Now, everybody does. So that's not a problem. But if he ever, like Jake said, if he ever gets a like a mid-range, because like you said, they're going to drop back because he's so fast. You have to get back on him. Otherwise, he's by you. If he gets a mid-range or a floater, that's a 
rap, man. It's a yeah. Rap. I, yeah. I, I'm, once I, I will say one thing like real quick is why I'm so, uh, you know, I'll say infatuated with Jaden and why I kind of feel like people are undermining him is that like he, in the beginning of the year, the mid range, he was not looking at it. Like he would literally come around the ball screen or he would get downhill and it was straight to the cup and he would jump and try to jump over you and power through you. And like, like, Oh, okay. Like this works sometimes. It also doesn't work other times. And he was pretty inconsistent, like start the year other than one really bad game at Northwestern. Like, unless I'm blanking out, like for the most part, he was consistent and he was really freaking good um, as he got late in college conference play. And there were two games um, that I will just, they're seared in my brain. Um, the game versus Illinois at home and the game versus Michigan, both of them um, where he is snaking pick and rolls. Mm. He's getting to the mid range. He's, you know, f- easing out comfort there. And like, a little, it's still a little bit premeditated at some points, um, but he's still working it in. So then once you start getting comfort with those reps and then extrapolating where you actually can go and where that space actually is, um, if you can get to that third level, uh, I like add that third level as a score as well as ironing out the three um, along with his ability. And again, like he can attack, like he can attack closeouts and he can play off another guard. He's six, four, you can guard twos on the other end of the floor. Like there's a real world where, you know, you're running your initial action, then you swing it to him on a like semi-tilted defense. And the same way, you know, Tyrese Maxey looks in Philly where he just looks like he's just spr- like a sprinter coming off the line when he's attacking yeah. closeouts and just getting downhill instantly. Like Ivy has some off-ball equity. Um, I think that's like an untapped potential area where he has that jaw didn't. Like Jaw's strictly point guard size and Jaw's shooting projection, especially off the catch was off the catch was super wonky. Jaden isn't that um, they were running Jaden off multiple pin downs and he was coming around one, two or hopping right into like difficult three point attempts. So I think that's another area that I would also like to see him utilize, especially earlier in his career. So it's not so much heavy lifting both physically and mentally um, on the ball, reading, pick and rolls, like, getting all that process, like go off the ball, take some catch and shoot threes, cut, find pockets in the defense, get the easy stuff and kind of mix it all together. So, I, I mean, I think Jaden is just an absolute stud. Um, we talk about star bets and, you know, I, I personally, you know, you don't want to go swing crazy for the fences, but um, the foundation's absolutely there. Like it is not an irresponsible gamble by any means. A big high praise from Jake. And uh, I think a lot of Knicks Nation kind of uh, agree with you there on the Jaden Ivy front. And um, which leads me to another pr- projected guy that raw <laughs> uh, hmm. loves and, you know, we we talk about trade rumors. We heard a, a few trade rumors. One, um, we heard that the Sacramento Kings were interested in moving their pick at four. We also heard that Portland Trailblazers were um thinking about moving their pick uh at seven. I'm not sure where what the Knicks would have to give up, but we just saw some rumors to say that they're looking at Levine and Beal. Um, do we have a Levine or a Beal here? No. <laughs> do we have the pieces that they want? Uh, not sure. How 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 bad do they want Randall? But um, that that leads me to who do you feel like if Ivy's off the board? Do you feel like there's somebody else you would be willing to trade up for? I guess would be the first question, Jake. No, 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 don't do it. Um, and Ivy's kind of pushing it a little bit because my biggest thing with the Knicks right now is like your problems are not getting solved in a day. Like we can go through multiple more off seasons and years and years and years for Knicks fans to see that. Your rebuilding process is long and it takes years of correctly stacking up picks, correctly mm-hmm. winning on the margins, both in the draft and free agency, letting those guys develop. Like, this doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's what we feel victim to so often because one, we think we're a free agency destination that we're not. And two, 
Um, we just, I mean, I guess we haven't had draft success. So I don't know why we would think that you can just draft someone and become an overnight uh, winning franchise. But the Knicks, like, I don't think the Knicks are ready to uh, be competing right now. Like, I think we have a, a bunch of intriguing young pieces. I think we clearly need to work out who's going to play more uh, from a rotation standpoint and who's going to get prioritized with the game reps, both for the betterment of the team and for the long-term outlook of development. And Jaden Ivey, like, I'm not saying he accelerates the timeline, but if he hits, like, that's someone who's going to propel you um, and kind of, like, not speed up the timeline, but put you in a place that maybe you weren't going to um, before. I don't really think anyone else in the draft can do that for you, is, like, my point. Like, I think there's a hard cutoff after Jaden Ivey. Um, like, even if Jab- – like, I don't think Jabari Smith does that for the Knicks. Like, I think Jabari's a great prospect who f- will be great for a lot of teams. I'm less high on his upside compared to someone like Jaden, but I get it. Like, how someone – someone like a Houston um, could plug and play Jabari and, and, like, have him be a big-time piece and, and just keep building. No one else in this draft uh, really – like, I don't think – I love Johnny Davis. I don't think he's, dr- like, dramatically changing the direction of the Knicks franchise by himself. Um, I think he's a good piece – that you can add and stack and build your rotation and continue to gel with the rest of the young core, but just keep building. Um, so when you do get that stud, um, hopefully maybe in 2023 draft or 2024, or maybe you strike golden free agency, who knows? Um, but I do think like if you just spend your entire time chasing, you know, that one guy or in selling the assets and you're kind of just going to be back to square one, which I think would be unfortunate considering uh, the small progress that I do think the Knicks made last year with certain, some uh, certain, of the young guys now now we already know we're all, okay so for one thing i'm gonna say is this a lot of next nation are also hoping that we'll be able to move julius randall for the seven pick and if that's the case if he's the main piece i think a lot of next nation will say yes um the question is well, is that actually possible is that something that portland is even looking for or is that like a pipe dream right um <laughs> I, <laughs> it might be a pipe dream it might be who knows um i've heard some interesting things about um the way that Portland's cap is set up, if is, is it even possible that they will even take Randall and, and how that works with them? But me personally, if I can move Randall for his seventh pick, I I might do it just to clear clear the pathway for Obi Toppin. That's just me, uh, and I'm I'm just tired of you're telling. Too. Wait, you're telling me I can get I can get off his contract and move up in the draft? Yes. Yeah, I mean that's a no brainer. Like I, I'm, I mean I'm. <laughs> Like, it, I'm personally viewing that contract. Like, I don't know how it's viewed around the league. Like, I don't right. know how Knicks fans view it. Like, me personally, to the current state of the Knicks, like, that contract being on your books, like, that is a negative asset to me. Like, when, when it's all said and done. Like, obviously, Julius, I mean, we can debate if Julius Randle himself is a negative player. But that that money and that split, like, it, that contract and the Knicks are just on two completely different timelines, in my opinion. And so, like, that contrast is ridiculously evident on the court. It's ridiculously evident in the rotations. And I just, like, if you're telling me I can get off that contract and move up, even though I don't want to move up, like, for my money's worth, whoever I would pick at 11 or whoever I'd pick at 7 will probably be there at 11. Like, there's two guys that I'm thinking that I want. That I want. Um, Washington's, <laughs> been li- Washington's been linked. <laughs> but we'll talk about who you want to get. Um, raw. My I see guys, your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, hold on, raw. I mean, hold two, on, raw. <laughs> my two guys for the next, and we'll get we'll get to my guys. We'll get to your guys, uh, and we'll and we'll talk out um, why one of us is right, and one of us is wrong. But uh, <laughs> my my two guys are Johnny Davis and Ju- and Jalen Dern. Um, 
and you know i think i've both seen them slipping both times um, at 11 so, yeah, yeah yeah at 11 so like my point is like there's no i don't have an urgency to trade up and even if they're both gone like i would take someone like dyson daniels i would take aj griffin like i'm super comfortable with all these guys and it's very fluid to me mm-hmm. so um I, I always like, if you're trading up, you're trading up for someone. Um, and once Jaden's off the board, I don't necessarily think there's anyone worth giving up assets for. Like I'm much more comfortable just sitting at 11, waiting to see how the board shakes out and going from there. All right. So, so, so raw, I know you want to, I know you have your eyes on, on, on a certain Matherin, right? Man, Benedict Matherin is the deal, man. Look, look, <laughs> let me tell you something. I want him before I want I. I'm going to be honest with you. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to tell you what else. <laughs> I think he's easier to get than Ivy. Because to me, it, I think we can deal. I, I'm not sure, but there's a possibility Matherin is there at seven. He's not going to be there at 11. But he, I think I, he might be. I think he could be there at 11. Absolutely. I don't think so. There's really? A, yeah, there's no way. I mean, it, not there's no way. Okay, I'll give you this. There's a 20% chance he's there at 11. More than likely, he's gone. By the time New Orleans picks at eight, if he's there, he's gone. This dude, there's some guys that just have that pop, man, and he's got it in spades. He, he, he's a big game player. He's 19. He's got a tremendous upside. Yes, he's got a lot of things to work on, but the, the template is there for a star. He's got he's got everything you need in his raw materials, everything to be a star in the NBA. And I am just so high on him. If you give him, you give a Tibbs, this guy to Tibbs, well, he's going to come in. He's going to work really hard. He's got R.J. Barrett from Canada with him. They're going to work hard on the defensive end of the floor and learn that end of the floor. This kid, I'm telling you, him and Ivy, I like them both equal. I would take either one. but And I think we can get the deal done. Portland is looking for a veteran power forward. They messed up when they sent out Robert Covington, and they're looking for a replacement. The guy that they want is Jeremy Grant, but Detroit's not giving him up. Now, the other guy you got is Miles Bridges, and then I've heard some things about John Collins. That's your competition right there. So I don't know who's going to win that, but I'm offering them Julius Randle. I'm taking back some dead contracts for them. And then I'm taking that seventh pick and I'm picking Benedict Matherin if I could get him. See, I disagree. I I think the Knicks are still rebuilding. I agree with that. And no, none of these guys are going to make us finals, Eastern Conference finals next year. But I'm talking about two seasons from now. Two seasons from now. You got R.J. Barrett is 22 going into his fourth season. You got... I think Mitchell Robinson will be back going into his fifth season. Then you're going to have Obi Toppin in his third season. And I think he's very underrated. And so I am really excited to get a guy like a Matherin because in two seasons, I think we'll be pushing that door, man. We'll be pushing that door there. So that's all I'm looking for. And I'm, and I'm looking for Tibbs to, you know, take away all of these vet to- toys he got and let him put all of his, <laughs> you know, put his whip out on these kids. Because if he does that, Man, I'm telling you, and, and I'm telling you, this dude, Matherin, is better. I don't know. I hope everybody feels like Jake feels. Just let, let him fall, because I want this kid. <laughs> it, it, I, I want this kid more than I want Ivy. I want this boy, man. Because Ivy got to learn how to go to his left. He's going to need to learn how to do the mid-range. And I believe he's got the talent. He's going to be able to do all that. It's going to take a little time. He's learning the toughest position in the league at the point guard spot. It's a different game with him. It's not like a wing. So... Matherin will have, I think, an easier path to stardom from his position, being he's going to be a two or a three. At six, 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 seven, with that athleticism, um, yeah, nah, this cat, 
I, I want this boy. I want him, you know, everybody else, like to me, it's, it's, it's realistically, Ivy's going to get drafted before him. Then you're going to have, to me, it's Ivy, Matherin, and then I love Jeremy Sohan. After that, all of those other guys that I like, like Ty, Tyrese, and like, I like Griffin, I like all of those guys, but they're all kind of in that same, if it was on a chart, they'd be all bunched together, and these three guys would be a little bit out. But that's, yeah. that's what I like, yeah. For me, when I look at him, because I'm, I'm still kind of learning the guys, so my, my opinions aren't as strong as you guys just as yet. Um, <laughs> for me... When I look at the base of him, I still I see a guy who he's a potential three level guy, and he doesn't have that def the defense that uh because I want to look at Griffin, like I feel like he lacks on a defensive end and that scares the crap out of me. We'll get into mm. him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, he seems like he can. I like you know me. I like percentages. So if he's shooting high percentages for me, that's 45, 45 from the field, 30, 41 for three. I'm already got my attention. But um, the, the I'm gonna ask Jake though, but from what you see in his game though, I know what you we say a lot of the times is what type of shots are you getting right? Because if you're getting a lot of ISO heavy shots, sometimes your percentages won't be as high. If you're getting a lot of off ball shots, your your percentage is a little bit higher. So what are you what are you seeing from his game? And maybe you can explain why he may not be as high as uh, as Roy is too. So I saw. I mean, from, with Matherin. I think, I mean, I definitely don't see him being a one. I don't really think he's a two either. My thing with Matherin, um, the shooting is very real. Like I buy the percentages. He was gunning all year. Um, They were deep. They were difficult. And yeah, he was like, that's two years now of him shooting really well for Arizona. So shooting, not an issue for me. Defense, I have a lot of concerns. Um, He's a two slash three. Um, Feel off the ball, not very good. Um, Consistently, he's kind of getting lost, losing his man, forget it, like just disregarding defense responsibilities. I'm just pretty like low feel on defense, but very like, and it, this is kind of just the contradiction that comes in. Like, as I mean, you said that, like ridiculous athlete, like open floor athlete, um, top floor, above the rim, showtime. Like, we can go through all the adjectives, but unfortunately, on the court on both ends, I find that it's just not as functional. Um, because defensively, he's not super sound when it comes to rotations, not super sound when it comes to off-ball responsibilities. And on offense, um, while the shooting is great, and, like, I really like his off-ball score. Like, I, I picture him as an off-ball scorer. Um, like, he can come off your pin downs. He's going to space the floor. He's going to reliably make shots. But um, I really worry about the handle and his ability to get to the rim and penetrate and be a slasher. Like, I mean, just from numbers, like, I pulled up. I did uh, – I did a base a spreadsheet where you kind of evaluate where guys are getting their shots, where they're shooting at at uh, all three levels. Matherin, so Matherin shot sixty three percent at the rim um, on a good volume, including transition, which is very good. very good. The number I have an issue with is fifty seven percent of those makes are assisted, and he's basically sandwiched in between a couple of power forwards um, and any of the guys that are considered creators um, are not even close to that. Like they're all in thirties and twenties and, you know, that's obviously it's just one number, but it's contextualized based on what I'm seeing on film, which is um, if it's on a straight line, like when it comes to counters, if he's walled off, um, they're just not in his bag right now. And the handle is super inconsistent. He had a couple flashes operating as a playmaker, um, especially in pick and roll, but they were just a little bit too inconsistent for my liking. So what I'm getting off Matherin is like, he's going, I, I definitely think he, like he's an NBA player. Like I think he's going to stick in the league. Um, he has tools. 
if he works at it and can kind of shirt things up on the defensive end, he has the tools and the body type to make it work. But on offense, like I just struggle with, you know, valuing someone who I don't really entrust with secondary creation chops that much. And it's probably like six, five, um, maybe six, six at best. So that's kind of my disconnect is like, I totally buy the shooting. I totally buy the tools. Um, and I think he's going to be a player. It's just more so like, I, he's not someone I'm super enthused by. And we talked about just like getting good players, but also like, there, if you're someone like AJ Griffin, like I think he could be a nuclear wing shooter. Like we're not just talking, like Mathurin is a good shooter. AJ could be a great shooter. Um, while also being a little bit stronger and more of a three, and I think offering a little bit more defensive upside uh, if he can kind of tune things up. But and then someone like Johnny Davis, um, who I really like, showed the ability to drive and create a little bit in addition to if you can kind of iron out the three and space the floor, less of a capable jump shooter than Matherin and less of a run and jump athlete, but much more sound and effective on defense and can penetrate and run second side action. So, I mean, it is a little bit more preference. I just gravitate more towards the guys who are either going to be super elite as a shooter. Um, and I think AJ Griffin still has some stuff off the bounce, not a ton, but I, I do worry about Matherin's, you know, the rest of his game, uh, we can call it. Okay. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I, I, see what Jake is coming from, but I've to me, I'm looking at Matherin. There's a lot of these guys that come out of AAU and nobody's really asked them to play defense before. And so he's used to and a lot of these guys like him are just so physically gifted. NBA players in general just so physically gifted above other play people, human beings that he, he's one of these guys that never had to really focus on that. So I'm not really as concerned with that on the long term. Again, he's 19. I'm not worried about him learning how to play defense. And I'm not worried about him developing. He's got the template there, the body, the athleticism, the explosiveness, um, the, the, you know, the gonads to, to want the ball at the end. Um, I think he's just got the template to be that guy. So, right. Yeah. He's going to, does he need work? Yes. He needs work. Nobody's coming into this draft ready to take over a team and just lead them to the promised land. But to me, you combine it with what the Knicks already have. You put him out there on that wing. And like I said, in two seasons, not this coming out of rookie year, not his second year, maybe that third season. I'm seeing something with him, man. He, he, I, see a, I see a lot of star in him. Interesting debate. Interesting debate. I love it, man. I love, I love debates, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's about. This is what it's about. This is what it's about, yeah. man. This is what it's about, Knicks fans. The, the, the opposite ends of, of, of the spectrum. Yeah, the, the athleticism versus the I don't know. He, he doesn't see he doesn't see the shot creation like we do or or Raw does. Um, but you talked about um, shoot, I, we, we we talked about Johnny Davis a lot. Um, so we, we we can talk about Johnny Davis right now. Uh, this guy, this is the guy who I, I feel like most likely might be there at 11. Yeah, I agree there. So if the Knicks don't make any moves, um, I think a lot of Knicks Nations with Giant Davis, I think I'm, I'm with Knicks Nation as well. If 11, I, I he's not a home run pick, but he he seems like to give you a little bit of everything, right? He gives you two-way player, um, some, some shot creation, uh, and he's going to compete on the defensive end. Kind of like, He's kind of a safe pick at 11 to me. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, that's my number one target for the Knicks at 11. Um, no Wisconsin bias here, but I, I mean, watch Johnny Davis all year long. Um, and well, one, if you want someone who knows how to play in a stagnant, archaic offense, he's got two years worth of experience. Doing that. <laughs> so, that, he'll, he'll have no issues transitioning um, and playing off that. But in all seriousness, um, two way upside uh, He's again, not going to be your home run. Number one shot creator, in my opinion, his handles 
definitely a little loose and could use some tightening, but uh, is super technically sound. Knows like master of rejecting screens. Um, knows how to read defenses. Knows how to like take what they're giving him. The mid range maestro. Um, ended the year cold both from three and in the mid range. I think yeah, that was not concerning. A, like, yeah, I mean, I think it was concerning, but um, defenses basically just loaded up on him like crazy. Um, the pre-rotations and help were off the charts. And he was also coming off an injury. Um, I think that probably doesn't get talked about enough, and he probably rushed back a little bit. Um, mm. and definitely did not look the same explosive-wise. No excuse. Like, still, the sample is a sample. you got to evaluate it. But um, and I think it is worth noting that, like, I think 10 of his 13 dunks came in, like, the first two months of the season, and then, like, only three Um in the last when what, he was like what, coming off his I didn't injury. know that Jake what was his injury um he either an ankle or a foot it's it de- definitely something like with his foot um okay so you know directly ideally directly correlated with explosion and comfort and cuts and all that and the thing about Johnny is like I, I don't think he's a bad athlete but he's not a wildly blow your mind away burst guy so he kind of needs every little bit of that uh decisiveness and yeah i, I do i kind of have i've been describing him as he's like a violent mover um he, it's not as graceful as ivy mm-hmm. uh, or someone who's like or like kennedy chandler who's super quick but johnny like when johnny makes a cut and that plant like he instantly gets downhill um and he gets to his spots so he's someone i definitely like a lot i, I think he was asked to do a lot for Wisconsin and it wasn't always advantageous. The, the, that version of Johnny Davis, 30% usage, we will not see in the NBA. We shouldn't see in the NBA um, was definitely overtasked mm-hmm. at times. Took a, took a couple of bad shots per game, but it's worth like Wisconsin played with two. I mean, I watched all those games. Like I went to in person, watched one computer, like Wisconsin played with two non-shooters at all times. Um, mm. They were in the three hundreds in three point shooting in all of division one. And not only that, like no one on the team necessarily was creating advantages for him to create off of. And I think that's the best version of Johnny Davis. Like you're taking that creation and handling and one to two drill pull up ability that we've seen when he's in isolation and you're sliding that off the ball. Like, Hey, we don't need you to do as much. And I think he'll need to grow into that because he's very much on ball oriented. Like that's his game. Um, that's what he was in high school. That's what he was all year this year. He's comfortable, you know, lulling the defense out, getting to his spots, winding down the shot clock. So he's definitely gonna have to improve as like a quicker decision maker. But I don't doubt that he can read it. Like he's still making those reads as a handler, and it's just gonna be more simplified and slowed down. It's gonna require buy-in. Like it's different from someone like a Matherin, Matherin who played off the ball um all year long. So there's pros and cons to both of that. Like Johnny's mm. a little bit further along as a creator, Matherin's a little bit more comfortable doing the off-ball duties um I, I would personally rather have the creator and kind of scale him down but that's totally like that's personal preference like there you talk to people all the time who would rather the latter um again this is why i, I love this shit and it's so fun to me it's like there's no yeah. right answer there's no right answer it's all personal preference um and philosophy but with johnny i i think you know you put him in a better offensive context like even the knicks is gonna be better than wisconsin uh you give him easier place to attack <laughs> he can get downhill uh, and get to the rim really like strong like extremely functional like has a ton of functional strength for someone who's going to be a two maybe a small three and the defense um the defense is absolutely awesome he's a monster in passing lanes super anticipatory has great iq uses his length well um screen navigation's awesome so i I mean i think he's someone that granted tibbs is still the coach of the knicks like i think he's someone that he would gravitate towards and and feel and feel comfortable playing um i you know i think that's something that all the knicks fans have been clamoring for is play these rookies you got to get them on the court uh, you got to give them time but of course we know like nba coaches want to win especially when your job is maybe on the hot seat maybe not so he's not going to just throw him out there because we want to and the front office said so like 
I do think Johnny Davis, especially because of the defense, if he did land in New York and took as the coach, could have an easier path to you know, seeing the floor. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's uh, and Roy mentioned this before we started because the lack of athleticism kind of worries me at the next level. Um, getting stopped by bigger, stronger guys without any yeah. athletic pop that worries me. But um, it's for me, it's kind of just like, all right, bare minimum, I know he's gonna a guy, he's gonna be a guy who's gonna, you know, be a defensive guy. And the other part to me is the the fact that um he fell off a cliff when it came to the pull up threes towards the end, three point shooting in general scared me a little bit. Um, especially considering you know we have a bunch of guys here, well RJ and and Julius Randle in particular, who who've been really hot and cold from three, and I'm yeah. like, we're, I'm very weary of adding another guy there who's gonna shrink the floor uh, offensively, especially when you're looking at these today's NBA, man, like yeah. everybody's a shooter. I feel like I, to me personally, like I said, I I'm, I'm watched Dallas and I'm going Dallas got away with having and you know a pretty solid point guard but because they had shooters around them like they, like the five out thing works so having a a two out doesn't really work in the yeah, you're right that's right that's right so like that swing skill is like a life or death for us that's right shooting. yeah it's I, I mean it's extra valuable like I mean, we can you know split hairs on the five out stuff i think the five out stuff is maybe a little bit more unique to someone like Dallas, just because like they have Luca who's potentially the best advantage creator in the NBA and maybe the best, like when you parlay creation and passing, um, I don't know if it's better than him. Obviously Jokic is just as insane in his own right, but it's super different. Like Luca is, I mean, I don't, my favorite player in the league and kind of never seen anything like it. Uh, just the ability to get wherever he wants on the floor and then spray the ball out. Yeah. But the Knicks, but 100%, like, shoot if you can't shoot um it's I, I, it's so like I, I, there's not that many ways around it like there really isn't and i try to yeah. be open-minded with players mm-hmm. but like it is such a detriment if you are not a center or even like a four maybe you can get away with it a little bit if you're paired with a shooting center but if you're one through three and you can't reliably shoot or and space the floor like it, it i mean that's something i've really learned like throughout the Listen, first couple yeah. like it's there's just so it's it's so detrimental to your offense um and the like getting letting the defense off the hook to not rotate to you and not care and not close out one that is killer and then two it just hampers the rest of your game like if you're getting short closeouts you're slashing like it's really difficult to attack closeout that doesn't go past like a, six man, feet out that's a it's not a closeout it's not a closeout you're not attacking and defense is in rotation and you have no lane to attack because they're just sagging and living with you shooting and like it might sound hyperbolic but like if you can't shoot or you're middling shooter like or below average shooter, like that's what that's the treatment you're going to get um so it's it's very important for johnny because i do like as much as i love him and as much as i buy into him as a prospect that burst like you talk i do think he's an underrated athlete in some instances however um the straight line like and standstill burst is not one of those areas like repeatedly will he get he'll get walled off even when in the beginning of the year when he was super successful he'll get downhill and then he'll get walled off and he'll get to like a little step back in the mid range, which is how he wins. Um, and that's how he's going to provide points. Majority of the time, there are instances where he does get all the way to the rim and can explode and finish there or use his size to, you know, body someone up and create space for a little push shot floater. Right. But like him, him getting walled off is certainly uh, like that's, that is an occurrence that happened a lot. 
So if now we're going to slide him off the ball because I'm not too optimistic with him carrying such a big creation load. Like, again, I think if you, the ball is swung to him and he's going to run your second side or maybe even initiate an action here and there, come off a pin down and curl and try to get downhill, I'm totally fine with that stuff. But in terms of really getting being a creator that's going to bend the defense from a standstill, like probably not your guy. So again, that's going to just put that much more emphasis on his off ball stuff, which starts with him catching the ball and looking at the rim to shoot. So I, um, I think he ended the year like 31%, which is certainly not great. Um, but I do believe in his touch. Uh, he's a really effective pull-up shooter or was um, until he kind of fall off a cliff. It, it's going to be really interesting. It's definitely one of the bigger swing skills yeah. in the class, not just for the Knicks in, in the entire class, because you do look at the rest of the arsenal. Like he, again, like Kent gets the rim. Yeah. I think he grew as a playmaker I think is going to be a mid-range shot maker showed the a capacity to carry like a use a, a high usage um, and like the actual ability to create and get his own. And the defense was there. So like we're talking about all that. If the shot comes around, that's a pretty damn good prospect and rotation piece. If the shot doesn't come around. The offense gets a little hampered and then the defensive value. Is it really worth it? Like the question, it just gets a lot murkier if he's not making catch and shoot threes so right fascinating case study um I, again i'm still really into him for the knicks because i do buy it but I, I completely understand it do you see him as a primary creator or, or like a secondary no 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 much more like a secondary guy okay all right yeah. just checking just, just checking all right yo i have another like i know you want to get to aj griffith i have one more guy i really want to talk about mm-hmm. it's interesting um because you know, when we looked at the Knicks and what they who they drafted, we looked at uh, Quentin Grimes, right? Quentin Grimes is a guy who kind of went under the radar. He gets to the combine. He, like, shows out in the combine, shoots the lights out. All of a sudden, he's on, the, on everybody's radar. And the Knicks draft him, and it turned out to be pretty good for us, right? Um, shot the lights out, flashed a little bit of creation. Nothing fancy, but really basic, but he, he turned out for us. Uh... It seems like there's a few guys who kind of showed out pro day. And there was a guy in Dyson Daniels who people were like, you know what? Knicks need a point guard. This guy has been the ignite. He's a huge point guard. We already know. We already know what Tibbs is on. Tibbs likes the big point guards who six, seven, six, eight long wingspan. He likes those guys. You saw what he did with Alfred Payton. So you look, he's looking at. I, I can imagine him looking at Dyson Daniels and, and licking his chops and going, this is a guy. Goes to pro day. Um, he goes to pro day, and it seems like they he shot better. He shot okay during pro day, and that's been a knock on him. Wait, you mean in competition or just on the court by himself? Shoot. I'm not, sh- I'm not <laughs> sure. If- that's a great question. <laughs> his pro day. Because my understanding, his pro day was okay, shoot. Yeah, he was just yeah. shooting. He, he was wasn't in a, Let me tell you something. The boy can't shoot. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I, I don't buy that. There's so many pro day miracles. You got to be careful. Come on. The boy can't shoot. Because cause my man, my man Grimes was shooting in comp, man. He was killing in comp. Okay? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't even like, let me just work. Y'all just watch me shoot in front of cones or whatever. No, no, man. I ain't buying it. He could play defense. He got ball handle. He got length, all that. Don't expect him to shoot. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> what happened to it's funny because i thought the knicks i've gotten burned with shooting is the skill that you can learn i was believing that with frank for so long <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything else if he ever puts it together 
Man, the defensive wizard, one through three, one through four. No, sometimes, I, mean, I mean, some those. people, yeah, sometimes some people do, true, get, yeah. do get better shoot. Yeah, some people do get better shooting. It's sometimes not it does, but, <laughs> but I mean, but to me, in this particular draft, there's other guys that already can shoot. Like, I'd like Okai Ibaji before that because Okai can shoot. He's almost got a seven-foot wingspan. He's almost 6'6". Six, six. He plays defense. We don't need to guess. That boy can shoot the rock. So I'm, I'm not sure about, you know, this guy, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying. All right, I, I'm just asking questions. Is this then, another, is what this, is, this, is this, G, this G League crap, man? Come on, come on. Come on is, 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 this, is this is this another mm. Frank defensive tall point guard fake out? And the guy can't can't shoot and never will. No, or is there something I here? I think he's tougher than Frank. Frank Frank was injured. This guy is tougher. I think he's much tougher than Frank ever was. He's a tough kid, so I, I like that about him. Tiz would love that. But if you're really looking for him to hit open shots, he's not going to do it. I'm just telling you right now, you're going to be very disappointed. Maybe he'll learn in two or three seasons. Anything's possible. But if you want a guy that you, that's going to hit open shots right now, I'm not taking him. I'm sorry. No. And if you're talking about G League, why is it when Deuce averaged 29 is only G League, but this boy averaged 11 and he's a top 10 pick? Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. As you can uh, see, he's part of the, of, of the Deuce High. If you haven't figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the dude played G League averaged 29-11. Or that's just G League. Okay. This kid just played G League. He averaged 11. I think, I think with G League, it's kind of different because it's kind of like when you, it's kind of like with young players in Europe. Because when young players are in Europe, they they don't play that often. You know, the coach will give them like a good like 10, 12 minutes a game. And then within that 10, 12 minutes, they'll average like eight, nine points. But then that, but then that player's skill set. You look at the skills and you're like, okay, this player can do so much more than average eight or nine points once he's in an NBA game and he's getting NBA minutes. You know, so I think it's the same thing with because this player just came out of what college and went straight to the G League. So it's like, all right, they're not gonna give him a lot of minutes because of that. But within that short amount of time, he's scoring like 10, 11 points a game. And they look at his tools and they're like, okay, well, his tools translate to the NBA game. No, I think but he averaged 31 minutes. He averaged 31 minutes a game in the G League, though. It, it like happens. Yeah, but he only shot 26% from three. 26. <laughs> Come on, man. No, nah, man. No, no, nah, I'm not buying it. To me, to me, this kid is, I, I'm I'm just telling you, I'm not high on him at all. I'm not, not high, high on him. So no. why is he why 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 is he why is he climbing the draft course? Because oh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Everybody's looking at that jump shot and with nobody guarding him. Oh man, he can shoot now. You know, it's like, come on, man. Remember Sebastian Teleplay? Sebastian Teleplay did the same thing. He couldn't shoot. All of a sudden that's someone he became like a marksman, right? Then he gets to the NBA, he can't shoot. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yo, Jake, let me know, man. Wow. Oh man! Because he was rejected. No, I mean, look, go look, ahead. I mean, we're we're laughing, but like, I mean, it's partially true. Like, I would say, what what changed? You know, I always say that what changed. And someone who does football draft scouting um had had such a great tweet. It was like, I, f- I always find, and Dyson Daniels is good at basketball, like a good basketball player. Now we will address the issues that I am in lockstep with you on a lot of these things. I always said. It's. I find it funny how the players who aren't necessarily good on film will always rise the further away you get from the film. Like <laughs> nothing changed. Nothing changed. <laughs> like we didn't change. Like nothing happens. He's and this is the thing is like this draft class. What when you first brought up Jason Daniels, I was going to like. What do you consider a point guard? I consider my point guard or my lead guard 
someone who is going to get into the seat of the defense, create advantages, bend the defense, make them respect you, initiate the offense by sending them into rotations, like do all those things. He's not, that is not what Dyson Daniels does. What he does very well is sort of in um, the Lonzo early, like freshman year Halliburton role at Iowa state earlier Halliburton um, where you're being a connector, you're making the right play. You're, you're keeping the ball moving. Yeah, you're attacking certain pockets of the defense. Like he's your connector. Um, super smart basketball player has a great frame. Um, good touch when he gets downhill with floaters and good finisher at the rim, super sound when it comes to defense, like, active on the ball can play off the like good principles is in the passing lanes as like a good balance of actual stocks and like playing good sound defense. So like you're getting a sound two way connector. Um, he is not a point guard, but yeah, once you see someone who's six, seven with his frame in an open gym and the shot looks better, like I don't really, his ball handling um, is concerns me a lot and just, the way he handles ball pressure, like when dudes got up in his stuff, it didn't go well. Um, and he he like got very comfortable and started making more shots uh, as the year progressed. Like I still worry about his mechanics. Like his mechanics are pretty inconsistent. Um, it's like you'll see him kind of. It looks like he's shooting the ball a little bit different every time, and that is nothing new. Mm. Um, he was someone he played for Australia last summer in in the FIBA same tournament that Chet played in, same tournament that Wemby played in. Um, and I, he intrigued me with Australia there. Uh, I was in a stream with a bunch of friends and, you know, we talked about him for a little bit and it's the slashing. Um, he's a really good passer for his size, like uses his height to see over top of the defense and make the right read. So has a lot, like does a lot of really good things, but um, I've been a little baffled by uh, the rise as well um, because it's not, it's your same connector. Um, you, you can't spend the entire year telling me connectors might be overrated and you'd rather have either a score or someone who can like really run second side offense. And you don't know how to believe in this connector and do they enough, have enough scoring equity and what do you do with the ball handling? And then this is your seventh ranked prospect. Like He's a, he's a connector, um, which is totally fine. And like in this class, just because we talk, as we talked about at the top, there aren't those creator gambles. I'm more willing to gravitate towards someone like Dyson Daniels. I'm, I'm not as high as I think he will go, but I've warmed up to him a little bit. And he, he's good. Like he is good. I'm not here to slander. Like he is a good player. He's a good prospect, but I think we need to be like extremely contextual about like who he is. He is not a point guard. If the Knicks draft him thing, you're getting point guard. Like he has a little bit of Frank stuff on offense where like, you think he's your point guard and he's not your point guard. So that's, um, why yep. that's why I led out. That's why I led with. Him. Yeah, no, no, but it's yep. not like, yep. like, no, no, no. He's better than Frank. Like he is much better than Frank on offense, but it's like, I'm strictly talking about the same thing where it's like, if you thought, if you thought Lonzo Ball was going to be your primary point guard and your lead guard and you're an offensive initiator, you would be disappointed. Like Lonzo's a very good player. I love right. Lonzo, but that's what I'm saying. Like in the Frank Dyson thing, like I don't want Knicks fans to think Dyson is a point guard. He's not a point. Like, he is not a point guard. Let's get that like very. Okay. Yep. And, and, and I want to, I want to agree with Jake. I mean, I'm not trying to break on the boy. I mean, I'm going to say he can play in the NBA, but he, if you're see, okay, look, the Knicks need to open the floor. Right. I think we can all agree. They need to open the floor All right. with, with Randall and RJ and Mitch. The floor is not open. Right. So if you're going to draft somebody, you know, get somebody that's going to open the floor a little bit. And yeah. this kid is not it. He's not that guy. So th that's why I'm saying. I would not be looking at him if I'm the Knicks. I'm saying, OK, I mean, he could play. He's going to be defensive. for some. I would put him next to Bradley Beal in Washington, you know, like that. But I'm not going to have him as my point guard in the Knicks and saying he's, well, we need a point guard. This is our point guard. Hell no. Uh -uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny though, because 
I watched this kid play. And I was like, if the Knicks ever drafted this dude, like I could put, I could bet 100% Thibs would be like, you know what? I'm not playing my point guard. I'm playing, I'm playing him on the wing. I was like, there's no way he'd be playing. They was like, there's no way he'd be playing point guard on, on the Knicks after what I've seen. With this he's, a like, he's, no a way. Way. he's a wing. He's a wing. He's a wing. Very good wing. And like, it's the same. It's like a little bit of a, like, like Josh Giddy. Like I, I love Josh Giddy last year um, in the draft. I would not want Josh Giddy to be my number one ball handler. That's not mm. like you That's need to be able, mm. like you need to be able, in my opinion, um, what I'm looking for in my lead guard is breaking the defense off the bounce um, and getting self-created paint touches. Like, okay. See Josh, he's talking about OKC Josh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, okay. See Josh has been kind of killing it. This I, year. I mean, he is, oh, I, I mean, he's a real listen, point guard I, for me. Yeah, he's a real oh, point guard. Him, yeah. I had him like sixth or seventh. Like I loved him. I still love him. Um, Still someone I, I would like to play alongside another ball handler, um, which is Shy. No one does it better than Shy and getting into the paint. So, like, one, I love the two of them. But, like, side tangent is that, um, you know, both Australian, tall guys. Dyson is nowhere near the level of passer Giddy was um, as a prospect. Nowhere near. Um, I mean, I think Giddy's kind classes. of elite in the passing. I mean, yeah. oh, no, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know, he's elite in that area. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect Dyson to be like that. But, yeah. Dyson's I'm, I'm, got really good IQ though. He really yeah, good. very smart. Very yeah. like Dyson, what you're getting, like you're getting a high IQ connector that if the shot comes around, like he becomes very valuable because he, despite the handling, like he is able to slash because he uses his frame very well, like super broad shoulders. Once he gets into the paint, like very good at just protecting the ball, like protecting the ball, shielding off defenders, getting to little push shots. I'm finishing at the rim. He's he's crafty there. It's it's a little bit of an unorthodox game, honestly. Like, it took me a while to, like, fully warm up to it. Um, but towards the end of the year, he was just indisputably very good. Um, with that being said, not a point guard. Like, we very not, about that. Not a point guard. Let's, well, let's talk about somebody you like. A, you got A.J. Griffin over yeah, here. That's who I, that's who yeah, that's what I'm the waiting for. You waiting oh, for A.J.? Yeah. Okay, Ryan's been quiet. Now A.J. is Okay, he woke up with A.J. Okay. Oh, A.J.? Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm just, because you know, I'm, I'm here listening to Jake because I want to learn about all these different, you know, prospects. You know, I watch him, I watch him, you know, on TV, you know, in the college mm-hmm. games and all that. But you know, I want to get that in-depth analysis. But I've been looking at AJ Griffin because I'm like, look, at least in my opinion, anyway. I was like, I feel like what the Knicks need right now is the, is someone who's dynamic because I feel like there's not, there's nobody on the Knicks who's really dynamic like that. Which is why I was looking towards Jaden Ivey. Right. I, you mm. know, I, I, I wish to God that we could go up for Paulo Banchero. Like, that's my number one yeah, guy. But I know I, but, I, but I know that's not happening. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. But Nasty. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah so but I'm good. like, but I'm like, OK, if the Knicks can't get neither one of those guys, I'm, I'm thinking like, OK, at 11, I want to go with somebody who can spread the fucking shoot. Yeah. And I watch Griffin at Duke and I'm like, this guy can really shoot the rocks. So I was just waiting for, you know, the AJ Griffin analysis. That's why I'm, you know, I'm kind of hyped about this. Yeah, so I mean, AJ was the first guy I wrote about. Um, that's through bro. It, listen, we we talk about spacing the floor and keeping the defense honest, spreading out defenders. Like, look no further. Um, absolute ratchet. Like, he is a ridiculous shooter. Um, it's it's a little unorthodox. Has that wide base. It looks like a little catapulty. Um, but he doesn't miss. Like, it's he all year long. Um, so AJ was AJ is interesting because, um. Coming into as a junior, I first saw him when he was a junior. Uh, he played with RJ Davis, point guard at uh, North Carolina. They played on the same high school team. And AJ was on the ball, super heavy, like shot creator, pull up threes, um, stocks, and everything like ridiculous. 
And I'm like, oh my God, like this is like when I first started taking the scouting stuff seriously. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this kid. Like he's six seven, he's ginormous, he's jacked, he's taking yeah. pull-ups. Like this kid's crazy. Like I completely ignored the fact that he never blew by his defender once, but um, <laughs> and was slow as shit. But like he was raining threes. Um, and then you know, he kind of gets hurt. It's COVID. Um we don't really see him. We're, you know, we're seeing Paulo play a little bit in high school. We're seeing Chet play here and there. We're seeing Jabari play. And you know, AJ's kind of just like, it's like, oh, what's, what's AJ doing? Like, we're going to see AJ. Um, I'll never forget the first time I saw him was like, he has an effort. Like, he grew out his hair. Yeah. Like, a completely different hairdo. Um, and is in like a run in, in Miami. And I'm like analyzing this run. Like, it's like actual game film i'm like what does he look like what does he look like but it was he was that level of prospect right like we were you know people who follow grassroots like we were incredibly excited about him like top three maybe even people had him one in that class um and then he kind of like he didn't fall off like we just didn't see him um covid injuries then he gets a duke and he gets hurt um he doesn't really he didn't really play a lot in their first couple games and then slowly but surely like he's getting in the game four threes three threes three threes again um and, and I think about, like, December, he started really catching on. Like, at, at one point, ESPN had a mock 30th, and I'm just like, that's crazy. Like, oh, it's just not happening. Um, But – and he just doesn't miss. Um, It's, like, no way around it. He shot, he's probably been in the mid-40s for the entire year. Um, I believe it. Everyone kind of was expecting that to come back down to earth. Did not come back down to earth. Um, <laughs> So, if you're, if you're looking for someone who's going to space the floor from day one and, and just shoot the cover off the ball, like, he's your guy. Um, I do have concerns with the rest of it because yes. like he's he's slow like he's very slow um and his dribbling is not great either so if you're looking for someone who like why even someone like a johnny davis uh who's going to offer complimentary creation like aj is not going to do that he's going to space the floor and it's what i what i've kind of what i wrote is that uh there are ways to extract this from aj like he when he gets downhill he's very effective because he's really strong his like swole upper body and his great touch around the rim and he makes these really tough, contested, weird, short mid-range shots um, when he gets there. But it's not like a consistent avenue of offense. Um, like it's just like him. It's him like consistently. It's he make he's making them, but like it's kind of you have to cater to him a little bit. Like you're gonna have to run him off staggers. You're gonna run him off pin downs. Like I and I think why I'm optimistic for him is that the closeouts are going to be so reckless because you just can't you can't let him shoot like you cannot let him shoot. So whether it's a typical swing pass or you're running him off some shoot, like an elevator or pin down, or he's curl, like Duke started running off these curls late in the season. And it felt like every time they're getting a bucket because you had no choice. You had to, you had to trail, like you had to go over top. Um, So then he would kind of catch the ball against these slow foot bigs who were like in drop, but they were already towards the level of the screen because the screens were happening so high. And then he's getting downhill, dipping his shoulder and finishing at the rim. So like there are ways to get around his creation warts. They just are very contextual and require you to get a little creative. Um, Mr. Thibodeau, but like, <laughs> so if you're going to space him, like you can space him and you'll get fine results because he's going to shoot three ridiculously well. And he'll attack, like he'll attack close out for a one, two drill pull up. Um, he'll maybe attack and get all, all the way to the rim, but I feel like you're best leveraging him by like how Miami uses their shooters where you're just like chasing and chasing and chasing. Like I trust that AJ can knock down any three pointer with any difficulty. Like he's while what I noted in, in the piece is that like, while a lot of he, he plays through like, the, if you're going to sort of by uh, like play types, it's spot ups. Like a lot of them are spot ups, but 
they're difficult attempts. Like he's catching, jabbing two times and then rising up. He's like relocating, shooting on the move with the guy in his face. Like he is a high difficulty shooter. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask the question. So is there a one-on-one potential because he's a high, dif- because he can create, he can like make these kind of difficult shots. Like, um, like I, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're like saying. Um, the only problem is like, he can't get North South at all. Um, so like if he's one, one-on-one, like I should, like, he'll get, he'll run into trouble just getting in the mid range area. Um, like he, it's not just, he struggles to get separation. Like he'll struggle to get downhill against the def- defender from a standstill where okay. he, like there were possessions. It was hilarious. Like he would try to get downhill that you get walled off. You pop back out, like yank back to like, maybe try to get downhill again. And then he's just like, fuck this. Like I'm pulling it up. And, and then he would just like, <laughs> pull up. And and hit it and, and like he would hit a pull of three. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I kind of I think I misspoke and I said like it's not consistent avenue of offense. I would say it's not a consistent avenue of creation, right? Like he's he's gonna score, but it's like AJ is gonna do AJ. It's like gonna be in a vacuum. Um, he's gonna space the floor. He's gonna attack closeouts. He's gonna stretch the defense. If like this is if you don't prioritize him, he's gonna stretch the defense. Um, because they're so worried about him and he'll attack closeouts that way. But the I think the way to get the most value out of him is to like totally leverage it and like it loop him into as a part of your offense. Like he's not your typical, like he can be, but I think it would be best optimized if like you would make him a constant focal point of your offense, like from a shoot as a shooter, as a shooter, not as a handler. If you're going to draft him, you know, he's 18, right? So if you're going to draft him, he's going to spend at least a full season in the G league. I mean, he's going to, especially he's playing for typical. So He's going to spend at least one full season at G League and then see what he can develop. Right now, he's very young. His body is NBA level. I mean, he's 220 pounds of muscle, man. But, yeah. but like, I, I agree with Jake. There's a lot of things that he probably couldn't, didn't appear to be able to do this year that he might be able to do once he gets developed. And Tibbs is very familiar with him having, you know, his, his father was assistant coach under him for a while. So they know each other very well. And so, um, it would be a guy that they'd be keeping an eye on and they'd put him in the G League, I think, for, for this first season and let him develop. Maybe b- by the time he's 20, you know, he'll be ready to come up and play. But right now, he's really raw uh, and I would not expect him to really be on the NBA court right away. I mean, he's yeah. got the talent, but to me, he's a long-term play. He's a guy you're going to be patient with. More so on the defensive end to me from what I've seen. It's yeah. like I feel like offensively, he can play today. Defensively, I am horrified. Like I am not putting him in before Grimes at all. No, oh, hell no, 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 no. He's not ready. For, he's not ready for that. No. Yeah. I was just looking. I was. I was just looking at him more as a, you know, stretch the floor type of player because I feel like the Knicks do need more of those type of players. I will stretch the floor. That's the. That's the only. Uh, that's the only way I was really looking at him. But I. But I do understand like his other flaws. But, you know, like Ross said earlier, you know, no player coming in is going to be perfect. You know, every player is going to have their flaws. But I just like the fact that he can really stretch the floor. And I feel like the Knicks need more of those players that can stretch the floor that can allow the other guys to operate, you know, on offense like RJ Bad, et cetera. Right. Yeah, I agree. No, no I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I, I do. I mean, I do think he can play from day one. Um, I'm not saying there's not going to be le- learning curve, like a big learning curve, but he is he's NBA skill that's going to get you on the floor. Um, and it's going to be like if AJ Griffin doesn't shoot out a high level in the NBA, like I don't know, man. Like then I, I just like you it, do. It's, you know, you know, Thibodeau's the coach, right? 
<laughs> wait, wait. No, let's take it. Thibodeau's your coach. You got an 18-year-old player. Okay? And you just said he needs to work on his defense. Are you kidding me? You if think he was in Memphis, play? he would start. Yeah, right. right, right, right. Say Memphis, baby. <laughs> no. If he was in Memphis, he would let him go. Yeah. Tibbs, like, with Grimes being a two-way player he is, um, yeah, I could. he has to play a little bit of defense. And I don't know. When I watch him and I watch Evan Fournier on defensive end, I'm thinking, man, Evan Fournier might play better defense than he does. Yeah, but but and not only that, Evan Fournier got the you know he got the Joker card. He's a veteran. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, right. this kid's a rookie. So, yeah. but his shooting yeah. on the offensive end, though, AJ Griffin's shooting is like holy crap. No, he's a tremendous. <laughs> I, I yeah. and I and I saw some some creators talking about his stance because it's too wide. No, he hits that shot, man. That's his. Yeah. Shoot. He can he can shoot the rock. But I'm just saying. The overall game, you got to be more than that. You, you can't just come out and spot up in one second in the NBA and think you're going to just play. Not on with Nick specifically. On no, the Knicks yeah. specifically. No, yeah. you're not going to do that. So you got to be able to play some defense. You got to be able to move off the ball. You got to, there's a lot of things. And like I said, I believe he will have all of that ability. He's just going to need to spend a year in the G League and develop it. He's he's going to, you know, Diop down there, he's going to have to work with Diop for a year. Man, are you thinking about having him in the G League and drafted at a, no, they might. Yeah, man. What you no, think? No, no, they wouldn't. Obi would have been in the. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Obi was eight. And what did he get? Eight, eight minutes a game? Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't in the G League, is what I'm saying. No, but you no, know what? But, this, but, it, but he was, yeah, but he was backing up eight minutes a game. Yeah. I don't. He's this kid's not going to play in front of Grimes. They better. I mean, he's not. And and if you get if you don't get rid of Fournier, he really ain't going to see no time. We so, really have to move some pieces. The, yeah. On the depth chart, yeah. we got we got Grimes. We got we got RJ. We got um even quickly be playing some shooting guards sometimes. And Cam and is still Cam, yeah, and Cam then I, and I'm about to say yeah. Cam Reddish. What do you think of Deuce McBride? Deuce, I like. What do I think of Deuce McBride? <laughs> I, I think he should have been. I think he should be handed the keys to the team. Like this year. <laughs> like, I, I personally, I like. I, I mean, I don't know. It's probably maybe hot now, but like when we dra- in the draft, I was like, everyone was all excited about Grimes. I'm like, no, no, we got Deuce. Like. That's who I'm excited about. Dude, um, those are the two are you, players oh, I said oh, the Knicks were going to draft. Deuce and Grimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I think Grimes is a very Thibodeau player. Oh um, yeah. yeah. I worry like I worry personally, like this is just me. Um I, I don't I, there might be a lot of people out there that are higher on Grimes. I do worry that the Grimes player type and like this is honestly why um I, I like AJ a lot, but I'm a little bit worried about like the ultimate ceiling. Like I he's going to be an NBA player, a valuable one at that. Um Grimes I mean, I think Grimes is more worrying as a prospect he was at least um, than AJ with the off the bounce stuff. Like I just don't trust it. Are you? Um, are you think so? But he was a big time rebounder at, uh, at, at from the two guard spot at Houston, and his yeah. defense is stellar. That, that's that's his what I defense like. is better. His defense yeah. is better than his AJ's. defense is stellar. I mean, it's not I, even close. That's nice. Yeah, day, his right? his defense is better, but I trust AJ much more on offense. Like, um, yeah, he's going to shoot the ball better. Yeah, I just just his yeah. age coming to and, play under Thibodeau, it's just going to be a long, it's going to be an uphill grind for him to get minutes his rookie year. It really is. I think he's going to he's going to be spend time in the G League. I mean, I just I yeah. think he is, you know, because that's how Tibbs does it. I mean, like you said, if he was in Memphis, he might be the sixth man. You know, I don't know, but but he's in New York, so yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, no, absolutely. I'm I'm good on Grimes, man. He's he's kind of grown on me. Uh, I don't expect him to have like uh, I don't expect him to be you know Clay Thompson. But I don't expect yeah. him to. But I feel like, I feel like he's a guy wherever he is in the NBA, he's going to contribute, and he's going to yeah. hit. He's going to hit threes, and he's going to play defense. And 
as long as he can do both of those things at a high clip, like he's gonna have a job. I think Grimes is going to be fine yeah, no I matter where he is. I mean, I mean to, to me, Grimes like your prototypical 3 and D wing. Like, yep. he's, he's, yeah, he's like a prototypical 3 and D wing. Like, you're not going to expect him to, like, you know, score. Give You're not, not going to expect him to give you 20 points a game, but he's going to give you a solid, you know, if he's getting starters minutes, you know, probably you hit, you know, maybe three or four threes. And play yeah. solid defense. Yeah, and I, I think he, I think he can get you fifteen to eighteen a game if you're giving him thirty minutes. I think he could do that. I yeah. like Grimes, but I think Grimes is better than people think. I really think he's going to be better than people think. Um, he he looks awkward. He looks funny out there to me, but he could he could shoot the rock and he can play defense. And he's got a high IQ and mm-hmm. and he's tough. He gets in his he puts his nose in there to get rebounds. I, I like this kid. Yeah, I like I like him too. Yeah, I like him yeah. too. Yeah, solid guy, solid guy, Grimes. Um, yo, anybody else you want to talk about? Jake. Yeah, yeah. There actually, there's one guy who I've been, uh, I've been pondering to the Knicks lately. I, undoubtedly, the most controversial. Um, so we had to save him for last. So if anyone's still listening, that's where we, end of the podcast where we get the most takes all. Um, oh yeah, hot take. And I, I, I've actually I've watched like a couple. I know of, who you're going to say. I got, I watched a couple of <laughs> stuff before, so I already know where you're going with this. I know you're going to say. So I already well, know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I think I got a look when I said him too. So yeah, you did. <laughs> I gotta uh, no, I gotta ask though. What it what is this? I, so we're all we're talking about Jalen Dern. I'm talking about Jalen Dern, um, of Memphis center. Who is a center? There is no way around it. You will not play him and Mitch Robinson together. Like we get this out of the way. What does your ideal second contract for Mitchell Robinson look like? I think he's worth the fifty five point six over four that that he's eligible for. I think that's the perfect number for him, and I think it's on the table from the Knicks, and he'll probably take that. That's what's gonna because he's probably trying to see if he can get 18 million a year. He's not gonna get that, but he's gonna he could get the 55.6 and move you, on with life. I think you, that's gonna happen. You think it's on the table? Because all the reports have been that um the Knicks haven't even offered him anything close to no. If you listen to Leon, they said they're working all the way up to no, July 1st. They put the money on the table. So you think he's they're playing hardball? You think they're playing yeah, hardball? So, no, I think mm-hmm. no, I think Mitch is playing hardball because Mitch wants to get like he should. He he's been underpaid for four years, so he's trying to make up that money. So he, you know, so he's thinking, man, if I can get 18, if I can get 20 and, you know, so that's what they're going to just see what the open market brings him. I don't think anybody, I think Ian Begley said it best. The teams that would really want him are playoff teams and none of them, because of this situation, can offer him more than a mid-level, only the mid-level exception. So you're talking about four years, 40 million, but the Knicks got four years, 55.6 on the table and he'll take that. Yes, he's going to end up back in New York. So to me. Any five, any five. And, and so you wait, you would, you would pay that. You would pay that. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah not, to I'm me, just the defensive anchor aspect is worth it. I'm not worried about, he's going to get offense. I think everybody's just really not watching him closely enough to understand. He's going to be able to score some points. I'm not worried about him. He's not going to be a 2010 guy, but he could definitely score more than he's been scoring. But to me, the defensive anchor situation on his side, he's worth the, to me, is worth the price of admission. First of all, any five, any five that comes into the NBA has to spend two seasons learning not to get in foul trouble. Any five. Okay. <laughs> so, so he's going to spend at least two seasons learning. This is Jalen Duran learning not to foul out of a game. Okay, that's that's what he's going to do. And so that's just any five that comes, especially an athletic kid like him. He's going to be jumping through the roof on head fakes. Somebody, you know, all of these guys are going to be head faking him into the roof and he's going to be fouling out in three minutes. I mean, that's just where he's going to be. That's the prototypical. To me, aside from point guard, the five position is the hard, the second hardest position to learn in the NBA. You got to be able to call out the defense. You got to be able to call out the picks. You got to see what's going on. 
And when uh, the Knicks got um, DeAndre Jordan, he helped Mitch with that. That was Mitch's second year. He helped Mitch with that. Third yep. year, he was playing good. And then he got his foot broke and he could not do anything last summer as far as working on anything. So he spent this whole half a season getting in yep. shape. This summer, he's working on his shot. And, I, and I'm expecting to see, I'm not thinking, he's like I say, he's not going to be a 20 point scorer, but he's going to be a much how better. Many, how many times have you seen clips of Mitchell Robinson shooting in open gym? The year before last, we saw him. Not last year because he was hurt, but the year before last, we saw him. Every year before that, we seen yeah, him. Yeah, every, 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 every year before the end of the year. No, every no, year. rookie, rookie every year, you didn't see him at all. His second year, every you year. saw him. Last year, you didn't because he was hurt. How you talking about? He wasn't even playing last year. He was hurt. Even even this every year. Even, even this season. summer, even this summer, video already came out with him shooting the ball in no, open gym. Mitchell <laughs> Robinson said in the tweet, he wants to be involved with the offense. So I want to see if they give him that opportunity to shoot the rock. Okay, so this is, my, this is my question. Because my Mitchell Robinson skepticism comes at this. One, the defense is an issue. And with the added weight, he lost a little bit of that coverage versatility, which we can like that. He is just not, he wasn't as quick as he had been in years prior. Um, So in like we're talking about getting to the level, sliding with guards, like lost it a little step there. Foul trouble, still an issue. Like, not as bad. Wait, Definitely wait, taking shots. Wait wait, 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 wait. Hold on. How many games did he file out this year? One. I said no. I, it's, no, I'm saying he's, I said he made strides. He made no, strides. no. That's that's not even an issue. He didn't file out. Okay. Didn't he file out one game? I think once. He filed one game. It's not even a small issue. Okay, that's so fine. We'll, ta- we'll take it off the table. No, no foul trouble. Offen- offensive He's the top staff. two offensive rebounders in the NBA. I'm talking about I'm talking about offensive like being anything but a lob catcher, extending that money. The, what, I'm 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 not comfortable in the state that the Knicks are in. I'm not comfortable putting that money on the table without the, with the lack of offensive production, like the awful lack lack of offensive development over the past few years. How much offensive development Robert Williams the third bringing Boston? Robert Williams is a damn good passer. Wait, how much offensive development is he bringing Boston? What is he? Twenty point score? What? I don't well, want to I, 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 I'll, I'll say, I'll say Robert, well, what about Robert, Looney and Golden State? What's that? What about Looney and Golden State? Looney's not even a real five, man. Come on. But how I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna say I'll say this. I do agree with Raw that I feel feel like I do I'm not sure what he is as a shooter, what he's gonna be as a shooter. I do feel like um there's opportunities for Mitch to kind of like do some like quick dribbles to the rim. I do feel like there is a chance for him to develop on the offensive end if he's not injured. To me, to me, injury is more of a uh, factor to me than his skill sets. So I feel no, like, I agree. Uh, I agree. But, but also, too, when I talk about shooters in the NBA, NBA, right, Robert Williams can get away with not shooting because if you look at the Celtics roster, they have four shooters around him. So you, to me, like in the NBA, you can't really if you can, if you have one non-shooter and four shooters, I feel like you can survive. So to me, the value of but Rob Mitch, Will can pass. Like they, they'll run actions through Rob Will, and he's passing and he's running all like they're he's not Jokic. They're not he's not a right. Hunter, I was gonna say but you can, act like this dude is Jokic. No, but I'm saying they can run actions through him. He gives you that versatility. He can pop out to the perimeter and be a threat because he can run dribble handoffs and hit backdoor cutters. Like Mitch, he's not doing that. And he like that's what I'm just saying. The lack of offensive development, it's and he's damn good at what he does is being a, a rim, like a rim runner. I'm just saying for me personally, in the state that the Knicks are in as a franchise, I'm I'm not putting that, I'm not committing that money. Um wait, even if wait. it's even if 14 mil. I'm not so committing Robert 14 Williams, mil. I'm looking, he averages 1.4 assists a game. What what backdoor cut? 
What the hell? That's, come, come on, man. Watch the Celtics. Watch the Celtics. On, I watched watch the Celtics. Celtics. They're in the finals, bro. Everybody's watching them. The dude, he's, is, he, he's playing defense, and that's what he's there to do. He's, he's a defensive anchor type dude, and he's and he's a rim protector. That's what he's, and they're in the finals. Okay. Um, now, Mitch, where's Jokic at? Jokic in the finals? No, Jokic watching. Come on, man. Mitch, Mitch is a <laughs> Mitch. Well, Mitch is not throwing backdoor passes, but Mitch can can get hit some people with a short roll pass. Yo, what I'm saying is, is that he that they don't run the offense like that. That's not him saying what you want him to take over the game and say I'm going to throw back to. They they don't run the offense like that. That's not how they run it. If you if you include him more, he'll do it. He's got the I, talent. But I'm yeah, just no, saying that's, that's what that, I'm saying. I don't I'm think I don't think it's on the table. I'm just saying like, as a guy that if you just tell me he's going to be second in the NBA in offensive rebound, he's going to be top five in the NBA in blocks. He's going to and, and as far as cutting up with guards, I think people, you know, you're looking at him in September when he had no training camp and he's 280 pounds. By the time you got to the all-star break, he was just like he always was. Because he, he, he dropped away. He dropped the weight, so he was better. So, he got his yeah, he was guarding back. everybody, man. Yeah. There's games where he just completely dominated uh, the play. Like, he ate and still wondering what happened when he when he came and ate his lunch. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously. So, so, come on, man. I mean, no, no. Mitch Robb is, is one of our guys. So, He's to me the fifty five point six is the right number for him. It's not too much, and it's definitely not too little. It's the right number. So you so you get him, and and you you move on with life. To me, Jalen Duran, you starting yourself back three years because you got now wait for him to learn how to not get in foul trouble. You got to hope that he turns into something. I mean, everybody thought what's that guy on Golden State? What's his name from Memphis? The Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, everybody thought Wiseman's gonna be all world. Where the hell is he? I mean, he was injured too. He was injured yeah, too. So I, when people was injured, I give him a little bit of grace. No, you know what? No, hold on, hold on. Like, there's no fives in this draft. That everybody, what you think? Mark Williams wasn't seven foot nine or whatever his wingspan before he came to the draft combine. Hold on, hold on, Ron. Hold on, hold on. Points a game at Duke. Hold on, Ron. Hold on, hold on. Let Jake hurt. Jake, what's your case for Jalen? Um, he's just much further along than Mitch is even currently as an oh offensive my playmaker. God. As oh an offensive. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Offensive. He's oh an offensive God. playmaker, though. Yo, bro, bro, you said know what we talking about. <laughs> he didn't say right. defense. He said offense. He, he said offense. offense. He, said he offense. didn't say defense. No, he said defense. Come on, come on, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Let him talk, bro. Let him talk. Let him talk. Let him talk, bro. Let him talk. You know we talking about the league, right? Bro, bro, bro. Time out, bro. Yeah, Jalen Dern from day one will be further ahead than Mitchell Robinson currently is as an offensive playmaker, as a short roll passer, as a DHO operator, as someone who is going to you can run actions through as your big man and is not just going to be a rim runner. Yes, I am confident. I know we're talking about the league. I've watched Mitchell Robinson. He's not doing it. He's a four years not doing it. Jalen because Dern's he's not being it. called to do it. And what made you think that Tibbs going to make this rookie Jalen all of a sudden, oh, we're going to make him the centerpiece. He's going to be throwing passes for us and everything. Oh, come on, bro. Stop it. Every, everyone on, has short roll opportunities. Let me everyone, tell you like, something, man. Jericho Sims will eat this boy's lunch right now. I Jericho know talking- Sims. Jericho this is Sims. rim runners. Like now we're just talking athletic rim runners. Jericho and this is Sims. this is personally where I like diverge when it comes to valuing big men. How old is he? Like 18, 19? He's 19, yeah. Yeah, boy going to the G League too. Tell you right now. <laughs> He's not going to G League. He's going if, to G League. If, if we draft Jalen, if He's we going draft, to G League, I'm telling if you. Right draft, if we draft Jalen, that's because Mitch is in here. Yeah, pretty much. If we draft Jalen, that's because then, then you really, that, if, if Mitch is in here. If Mitch Bro. is in here, then Jalen is going to CP. play. He's definitely going to play because then it's going to be Jalen. It's going to be Jalen and and, no, and Sims. No, Jalen. Let me tell you something, man. If 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 Mitch Rob leaves, the Knicks are going to go get Mo Bamba, and that's what they need to do. 
they're going to go get Mo Bamba. They're not starting off with no rookie point guard. I'm, I mean, rookie center. I'm telling you. You know, you might be right about that. You're you're not doing that. that. So if 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 Mitch Rob leaves, they're going to use the mid level exception, which is about what Mo Bamba would get, and they're going to get Mo Bamba, and and he's going to be the guy in here. So forget this Jalen Duran. They're not getting Jalen Duran or Mark Williams or none of these fives in this. No, hell no. I'm I'm gonna shoot Jason Bell. I'm gonna shoot Jason Bell. I'm gonna shoot Jason Bell because we're all going. All right, this is where I'm at. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. <laughs> no, no, I expect to change your mind. I'm just, I'm just yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm. Yeah. For the record, I'm kind of with Raw. I'm, I'm Team Mitch. Yeah, I'm Team Mitch too. And just because Mitch. we, 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 pay, hashtag pay that man right. We, we see him yep. develop. He, that man was raw. He was fouling out every yes. game. Yes. <laughs> and he has developed, man. He he still can't, man. He I mean I think he the, fouled the out screens like three is, games the year the, before last and like two games last year. To me, like to me, he has to develop, he has to set a, a a real screen. Like, come on. You gotta set a real screen. And if he sets a real screen and he starts to slowly build out his game, which I think he can, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a shooter. To me, like I always said, he has to start hit. He, to me, he has to hit free throws first before I can be like, all right, he can be a shooter. No, hit, the, hit, the, hit those free throws first. But you know, to the counterpoint, Jalen doesn't isn't really hitting free throws either. So no, Jalen, it's right. not the shooting, right? That's right. With, but with the the, the, the edge that I do give to Jalen, though, from what I've seen, because I'm not an expert, just from what I'm seeing doing a little research I've done, <laughs> is he is a better passer than Mitch is today. Yeah. He is a better passer than Mitch is today. I'm um, saying well, Mitch is not abysmal at passing. Mitch, I've seen Mitch do some nice short roll passes this year, like cutting, see open man pass it. I've seen him do that, so I don't think he's hopeless. But Jalen, as of today, he's a better passer. All right, let, let me say this. Let me say this on Jalen Duran's behalf. Okay, mm-hmm. if if you whoever drafts him. If you give him three seasons, he's going to be really good. He's going to be a defensive Clint Capella, Mitch Robinson, anchor defensive dude. I, I definitely believe that. But what that's my point, though. By that time, Mitch Rob is defensive player of the year. That's what I'm saying. Why do we want to start over with, with somebody right now when we have a guy? And if we're going to lose Mitchell Robinson, I still don't want to start over. Mo Bamba is available, and he's got NBA experience. And so I would take him for the mid-level exception. But I'm not saying, like, if you're going to tell me you're starting from scratch and you want a center. Okay, yeah, I like Durant. I like him like that. You know, but... I'm not taking him if I got Mitchell Robinson in his fifth season or if I got Mo Bamba in his fourth season. Nah, uh-uh. I'm taking one of them kids first. No, I get it. I mean, and that's why, like, the Jalen Duren conversation has – it doesn't start with Jalen Duren. It starts with Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. Like, from the Knicks standpoint, mm-hmm. that's why that like that's why you're to lead it. And ultimately, like, me and you probably see eye to eye very similarly on Jalen Duren. It's probably yeah. more so about Mitchell Robinson, which is totally like, – you're more than entitled to that. Um, yeah. I For me, I just think, you know, the Knicks are – it's in a we're in a very interesting point when it comes to team building. Like we even talked about Julius, we talked about Julius Randle a little bit, but like it was about getting off his books to move up in the draft. Like it was probably even <laughs> it was probably even like too kind of a conversation to have when we're talking about Randall. And so with Mitch Rob, like, and I don't I, look, I don't think like I think one way or another, like they get off Randall at some point. Like I would be shocked if he rides out the rest of the contract. I, I don't know what it's gonna take. No, but you're just right. Kinda, yeah, they're like, gonna move that too. Yeah, it just like seemed like there was too much. There were, it, it seemed like there was, I mean, again, like not source in the, in the locker room, just like the stuff that you could pick up from just watching games. Like it seemed like there was so much animosity, which just like made you like, un, it made you like uncomfortable to watch yeah. at times. Yeah, um, it really was bad. So 
I, I like while I do, I don't know what it's going to cost the Knicks. It might cost the Knicks a second to get off of it or something. I don't know what it's going to cost, but like I'm not factoring him into like the long, long term. No, agreed. Yeah, me neither. Brian, no, me, yeah, we agreed on that. Listen, yeah. if I got to give up two seconds and send him to wherever, I'm sending him. And <laughs> yeah, give no, me, of and course. Give me back somebody's dead contract because he's he's a addition by subtraction. A period. I agree. I agree with you. Um, yeah. so going back in that, so like, I think you know. We're going to get RJ second deal. Um, What that yeah. is remains to be seen. But, like, right. I think we're all pretty comfortable. Like, he's made strides. Yeah. Third overall pick. Like, you, we got something good for them there. So, like, yeah. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with RJ. Quickly, Obi, I think we also are going to want their second contracts as well. Right. Like, I, you, I don't know what how lucrative they are. Again, we have the 11th pick now. Who knows wh- what that is? Maybe we trade up. At, at my point is, at some point, and, like, you've seen this, Atlanta is, like, kind of the most recent team I can see that's going through this. Like the only downside to continuously hitting on, and Memphis is going to go through this eventually. The only downside to continuously hitting on the draft Pain. is that to keep these guys, you have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. right. it's all it's all sweet when everyone's on their rookie deal and we're stockpiling and we got second year guys contributing, we got third year guys contributing, we got fourth year guys contributing, and then like shit, Atlanta needs to like Cam Reddish. Obviously, that was kind of a, but he kind of made it easy, but like. At one point, it looked like they had Cam, they had Herder, they had they just just brought Bogey. Like it was crowd, it's super crowded. Um, they had Hunter. So my point is, in my long winded response is this: like the Knicks are finally in a place where we have guys that we can like picture being on the team in, in three to four years. And I think like that makes, I mean, that makes me like comfortable. Um, like I haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, and so yeah, very Mitch long decision, time, very long time. So the Mitch decision is like pretty serious to me because. At some point, you run out of, and you don't run out of cap space because, like, you can go on the tax, like, you get off Randall's books. You don't have any big, big contracts on the books, but those those second contracts add up. Like, that, that's my only point is that they do start to add up. And if we obviously, like, RJ's contract, I don't think it's gonna be like a max. It's not gonna be cheap. Um, definitely not, especially after like you know the climbs he's made. He is a third overall pick. We're gonna want to keep quickly. You're gonna want to keep topping. Like, it kind of just builds up, and at some point, like how comfortable are you really with like that, those three and Mitch and, and rolling with that? I don't know. So like you, I, my counter to be that, like you drafting Duran is starting over. I think if you don't see a wild difference between the two. And again, that sounds from my, like us just not seeing eye to eye on Mitch Robinson, which is like, it's basketball. So you think he's better than I do. It's totally fine. Um, a, a, a side part of that in which I'm a little, like I'm a little eased in by the idea of Duran is one, like he has an interesting skill set that I think is a little bit more um, appealing from a team building perspective. And two, it buys you time. Um, it, and I think like, that's also a part of it for me is that like part, I'm not ready to commit that money. And I'm especially not ready to commit that to Mitch just based off like the trajectory that he's been on. That's personally me. Like I completely understand the other side, but I mean, that's kind of like my long winded response to this is it's not necessarily picking between Mitch and Duran. It's like, at some point, like we don't, we're not used to this because we don't have extended <laughs> players. But it's like trouble in paradise is that we're hitting on players no. and we have want to keep them and we want to extend them and like decisions are gonna have to be made. Is kind of my like my big point. No, you know what, yeah. Jay Rosen, I I agree, but I don't think it's as big a problem. And the reason I don't is this: the salary cap is going to be rising. Okay. It's going to be yep. Yep. so. So what you have right now in Julius is not as big a hit 
as it might have been three or four years ago because of the, the cap's going to rise. So I'm not worried. And so when you're talking about Mitchell Robinson, 55.6 million over four years is basically give or take $14 million. It's a little less yeah. than 14. So that's not a big deal. And to me, if you can lock him up for four seasons, you will be able to see what you have with all of this crop because you don't have to pay Obi for another two seasons. You don't have to pay IQ for another two seasons. And that's why you give these guys, to me, you clear the space from all of these vets and you give these kids as many minutes as you can because like you said, you want to see what you have. What are you going to invest in two seasons from now? Because if they're not the guy, you let them walk, right? Yeah, or you no. get you trade them while yeah. you can. So to me, that's why I'm not worried about Mitchell Robinson. He's 20, going to be 24. He's 24 now. He just turned 24 in April. So you give him for four years. You get him until his age 28 contract. And now in that four-year period, you're going to find out what you have. If you don't have anything, you could always trade. That's $14 million. You could trade that. So yeah, that, me, that's my about, thing. In about three years, that $14 million is going to be close to the mid-level exception. And you could trade him. I think that's my thing. I don't want to lose anybody for nothing. We kind of groomed him for, for four years. And yeah. if we lose yeah. him and now don't even get an asset back, that's an L for me. Yeah, from, from yeah. This yeah. you can't do that. Can't like, do you that. can't yeah. do that. So even to me, like, even if you... Even if we do sign him for 14, 15, 16, and you're like, okay, well, he's still not in the plans for later. But at least you have, like, a, I feel, I still feel like that's a positive asset because this is the guy who's been, like, drafted the second round. And if, if there was yeah. a redraft from that year, he would go much higher. I mean, oh, yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. so I think we have to take advantage of that, whether you're a Mitch fan or not. And I know a lot of people in general philosophy is we don't want to pay big men um, big money who are just rememberers, they want to pay big men who can do multiple things. And he's not that yet, but there might be a chance. There might be a chance that he can exceed that. I'm not saying it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. You've seen flashes, but paying the money. And I just say, pay him the money, at least have it as an asset. I don't I, look at it as a lot of money yeah. though. 14 million is not. Yeah, a I don't, lot. I don't I mean, look at it as a lot of money. Either, that's not I, a lot of money, man. At least yeah. have him as an asset to flip later. Yeah. If, if that's how, if this, if that's how you still feel. Yeah. At least have him as an asset. Don't let him walk out the door for nothing. Because I don't no, think he'll be a negative. Yeah. I don't think he'll be a negative asset. The only thing that I think yeah. will make him a negative asset in the long run is is if is okay. if he gets injured. That's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I and I think like we and we've talked about this before too because we've definitely touched on the fact that you know the Knicks have all these good young players coming up and then eventually there's gonna come to a point where you're gonna have to pay everybody and you know the Knicks are not gonna have the money to pay everybody. There's gonna be Facts. one or two guys that's gonna walk away from the team be just that's because right. the Knicks don't have enough money. So right. you read you do have to think about it and be like, okay, out of all the young guys that we have, who are we willing to resign and who are we willing to let go of? Right. So right. I mean that, that this is always gonna be an issue for the Knicks regardless, you know. But for me personally, like I'm also on the side of I feel like even though Mitch is not great as an as an offensively when it comes to like you know passing and all of those things you know but I still feel like at least with his projections going forward I still feel like you know he's still a good asset for the Knicks to invest in just for the simple fact that because I mean me personally like I think this past season he averaged like eight points and eight rebounds a game like I could easily see Mitch as he's progressing that he's going to get, he's going to become a double-double machine. Yeah. Soon as soon, that's going to be like more than 10 points a game, more than 10 rebounds a game. And at least yeah. you're getting a guy that's going to give you double, you know, you at least have a defensive guy that's going to give you, you know, that rim protection. He's going to exactly. give you those, those 10 rebounds a game. He's going to give you those 10 points a game. Because a, a, a lot of times I feel like the Knicks, I feel like the Knicks don't, don't utilize Mitch properly on offense. And I feel like that's why he doesn't get that many chances to score because he's an elite, he's an elite rim runner. He's an elite rim runner. He, he finishes at the basket at an elite at an elite rate. 
So it's like, I feel like if the Knicks utilized him better, he would be averaging 10 plus points a game. He would mm-hmm. at least be averaging 12, 14 points a game. So, I mean, yeah, I understand. I understand the, the I understand the deficiencies in the Mitchell's game, but I also feel like that he is, he's at least shown enough to where the Knicks should give him another chance to at least improve with the team. And, and I mean, if you look at the Knicks history, I cannot remember the last player who the Knicks drafted and they actually re-signed this guy. Like, well, who, 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 <laughs> yeah. who, who, right, like right. who's the last player that the Knicks right. drafted? But look, and but David Lee? Though. Be honest. Who has David I, Lee? I, yeah, I think it's David Lee. Yeah, who, has, David Lee. who has been Mitch Rob's point guard, man? I, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, come yeah, on, that's you give, him, give him a real point guard. And, and to me, if you play, if you just, come on, let's just take Burks off the table and you put IQ and Deuce at the point guard, and you let them play with him all year, yeah. you're going to see a better player. It's to, you, you're yeah. going to see a better player from him and Obi because yeah. we haven't had really any, even like average NBA level consistent point guard play in Mitch's whole career. We just haven't had. It. We have a yeah. four and a five who are elite play finishers, yet no one to throw them the lob. Like yeah. it's it's counterintuitive. Um, and I think it's it's in many ways his draft is wonky for the Knicks because yeah. there's not like. We, we talked about a lot of guys and we talked about guys that I'm excited about. Um, they're good prospects yet. It's, it doesn't, it's a little square peg in a round hole ish just right. because like, I love Johnny Davis. Trade up for right? Ivy. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I love Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis like, might go through shooting slumps like early in the year. I love AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin might not be able to do anything off the dribble. And like that to the Knicks need more of that. Like even if he brings floor spacing, I don't know. Um, we talked about Matherin. Matherin is going to space the floor, not doing stuff off the dribble. Jalen Duran, love that. Skilled prospect. We have a five that we're like in contract limbo with. Like for every guy that the Knicks like it's is a good, good yeah. prospect and at that range is good, there's a big caveat. So I, I'm like probably more fascinated with this draft um, than I've been in a long time mm. um, for the Knicks. It's interesting. It is interesting. It, it's going to be. And I, and I do think. You know, not only will their pick or their moves um, tell us a lot about their evaluations, but I think it, it, it'll, it'll look internally um, about what they do think they have. Um, yeah. I know last year I was a little upset because I wanted Shreve Cooper really badly, and I, I felt he just kept trading back and trading back and trading right, back. Right, yeah. And, then, and taking anyone but Shreve Cooper. Um, I thought that was your point guard, but in time, will be, uh, time will tell. You know, he's man, in did, you, right did you see Juice just, like, jump over him and flush it on the summer league, though? <laughs> I, listen, I didn't want Shreve for his rim protection. Juice <laughs> caught the inbounds pass and just jumped over that midget and flushed it. My point is, um, like, you know, the Knicks process last year, um, while it ended up, I didn't, I actually like the players. Like, Grimes been good, Deuce been good. I was annoyed because I didn't feel like they were aggressive enough. And, like, you know, in yeah. hindsight, they acquired stuff. They got off at, they got off, like, they probably knew what they were doing. Um, and I probably didn't like, that's, it's how the way that's usually how it goes. Um, <laughs> but I, I think uh, this year is going to be super interesting because, you know, I like, I don't think there is much equity to trading back. I don't think there will be a lot of guys trying no. to trade up but to what? 11. Um, I think you're going to have to get up there and make a pick and uh, there's no consensus. There's no right guy. Um, there will be, a, in my opinion, as like someone who takes the scouting stuff very seriously, a bunch of good options. Um, a lot of places where you can't like, there are a lot of ways when Knicks don't fuck this up, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. whether they pan out or not, who's to say? But from a scouting perspective, like, there are a, a bunch of players in this range that I would say, good job. Like, 
got up there, made the pick. But that's um, true. That's true. A lot for a lot of them, it's gonna it's gonna show. Um, both I think how the Knicks evaluate them, what skill sets they're prioritizing, and uh, how they view the internal prospects. Because of course, yeah. we're not in the building. Um, they're in the building every day. They see these guys in practice. They see their. They know. I mean, way more than we do about anything and everything. Uh, so I, I'm very fascinated by what they do at 11. No, yeah, you, yeah. you're right. I mean, like that's why I said in the beginning, Jake was like, you know, at 11, you pretty much you were saying, and tell me if I'm wrong, Jake, but you were saying you're going to get a good player at 11. You're going to get yeah. somebody good. And that's what I'm saying. So you could, to me, get a game changer if you could possibly move up. But if all else fails and you don't move up, you're going to get a good guy at 11, I whether agree. it's yep. whether, you know, even like I'm not that high on Davis, but I consider Davis a solid guy. He'd be a mm -hmm. solid pick. I love Sohan. I like Tari Eason. I like Obaji. I like yeah. Malachi Branham. You got a lot of options yeah. that you really can't screw up at 11. So I agree I, with you. I, so if, if they don't, if they can move up, I think there's a chance to get a, a, you know, a game changer, but if not, okay, we can get something good at 11. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm in locks up there. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think this is a good place to end it, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good place to end it. Consensus. A lot of decent things at eleven. Uh, yeah, enough, Jake's enough, been uh, the best guest we had, man. I like him even better than Berman. He's he's a good. He's good. <laughs> oh, <I got> <laughs> Gunshots for Jake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't tell Berman he said that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we, we would like Berman to come back. You yeah, know, I'd so. like to get Berman back. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake is, Jake is better, man. I like Jake. Jake is more passionate. He ain't, you know, he ain't putting that pie in the sky. I heard the rumor of uh, we getting LeBron ball. You know. Nah, Jake is a real – this is the reason why I keep asking Jake back. No, but, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me. Like, this is, I mean, this is for me as fun as it gets. Like, um, it's, it's real basketball, and you know, it yeah. wouldn't if I, if I made it two hours without get put, getting put in the hot seat. I mean, I kind of did it to myself when I'm asking, uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about Mitchell Robinson's like, contract? Like, that's like, you know, <laughs> you know, the meme, it's like. The meme, it's like, don't ask, like, don't ask a man what he work, what he makes. Like, don't ask a woman her age. Like, don't ask a Knicks fan Mitchell Robinson's second contract. Yeah, yeah, nah, don't ask a Knicks fan today. You just stepped on my new Adidas. <laughs> <laughs>、Uh, these are conversations I want to have. So,、uh, I, I, this was a, a okay. Lot of fun. What do you think of Emmanuel quickly? Hold on. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's going to gonna be like another half hour. I know. <laughs> is, Emmanuel, the, what, the is Emmanuel quickly the point guard of the future? Yeah, is Emmanuel quickly the point guard of the future? Whoa, whoa. Yo, oh, man. I, I'm, I'm Deuce Game all in, baby. That's me. Yo, I'm, I'm in. I like Emmanuel quickly now. I like Emmanuel quickly. So do I. Yeah, I like so do I. But, yep. but um, I, I want Deuce. I want to see him get 30 minutes a game for just 15 games. And let's see what happens. I, I will say this to my man quickly, right? The the passing the passing the passing that he's shown towards the second half of the season has has made me very hopeful that he can be、uh, a cog in the offense st、uh, steadily, especially if he's paired with Obi Toppin, because those two guys are like Wonder Twins or something. I don't know if they have like psychic abilities or what, but <laughs> they always seem to find each other, and his his ability to rebound kind of meshes, and his ability to kind of throw that go ahead pass kind of meshes with Obi's. Uh, speed in the open court, like like that. My thing with man quickly is watching these playoffs. Man, they really hunt, like they really hunt these shorter guards. Oh like, yeah, they, yeah, they really. Oh yeah, and quickly is a really he's a pretty good defensive guard, and I I kind of feel like for the season, if we decide to go to to go quickly next season to start, I feel like 
he's gonna he, i feel like he, he can tear up the regular season and then when it gets to like the playoffs um he might have some problems like i'm like i watch what because i'm looking at it quickly i seem like i seem like dollar tree mm-hmm. trey young right that's how i see him right <laughs> dollar tree trey young. <laughs> <Dollar> Tree <laughs> <laughs> right like he kind of like foul baits he can, he can shoot he can shoot the he can shoot the three from the half you know then they have court the playmaking is not on his level but it is it's growing and and he actually plays better defense than trey young oh yeah but yeah, yeah of course yeah. yeah but like they when he got to Miami, man, they just put the size on him, and they just yeah, wore him might, down. That and that's that's what Boston is doing. With, you got Tatum guarding pool. Curry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the time, so and, and they got smart is smart um, guarding a Draymond Green. Yeah. So, like to me, the only way to kind of combat that, if you're going to have quickly as a starter, is to have some big guy next to him who can play defense and be like help out and also do some playmaking too, because. Like I, I feel like forty eight minutes of that, or thirty, however thirty minutes of that, is gonna wear him down eventually. So yeah, yeah. that, I mean, that's one of my, that's one of the biggest takeaways. I'm I've, not as worried because to me, like when you're watching Boston, those guys have played together for what three or four years now, four years. All those probably, guys, yeah. yeah. So, so you're watching the, gra- longer, to me, yeah, you're watching the graduate school course and playoff basketball because those guys have played together. The Knicks are not even at that level yet, but we need to build the framework so that we can let these guys play together for a while right. and build a framework like that. But we just have to do it. Last year we wasted a year, you know, but I'm think I'm hoping this season we can make up some time. Absolutely. I absolutely. agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But uh that's my that's my little quickly soliloquy. I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our show. Hold on. First of all, my bad. Shout out to Jason M who sent the two dots who chat like three hours ago. My bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> He said, "Good comp for John Davis is Alec Burks with defense." Alec Burks with defense. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, see, Davis to me is a perfect college basketball player. I, my problem is, is that I'm, and I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't. I'm not saying he will or he won't, but I'm saying he can play at the 45 RPM in college. I'm not sure if he can do all those things at the 78 RPM in the NBA. That's all. If he, he might, and and Ryan, uh, Jake opened my eyes to something. I didn't know he was dealing with an ankle issue. Like, I didn't know that's what's causing it. Because there was a lack of pop. I noticed the lack of explosion. Yeah. And I didn't know if that's just, he didn't have it. Now you're telling me he got, maybe that's what it was. So I, I don't mean, know. yeah, he's still not super. I would recommend go watching, like, um, you know, early January, uh, like early in Big, early in Big Ten comp. Um, but even then, you know, he gets to his spots. He's a, like, very efficient with movements, but it, it's not like necessarily straight line burst. On where he's no, just but he just played. He has such a high IQ. He makes the right pass. He he puts himself in the right defensive position. He really is a, a really solid, really good yeah. player. But I'm just wondering if if his game translates to the NBA in terms of the speed and power of the NBA game. That's my only concern. If it does, he's going to be a solid pro. But if not, he's going to yeah. have he's going to have a problem. You know. No, that's definitely fair. Definitely fair. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I think this is a good time to wrap it up for right now. All right. So, um, Jake, let them know where they can find you, man. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at Jake in the Paint. Um, I'm. It's we're in the heat of draft season now, so uh, you can find me tweeting clips, tweeting takes. Um, I'm gonna be writing some content for our Substack at Cerebro Sports. Um, I just wrote about Tari Eason and Jeremy Sohan. So that's linked to my Twitter profile. 
Um, did a little work. If you want to kind of go back, I wrote about Paul Boncaro and Jabari Smith. I wrote about Chet and Kennedy Chandler early in the year. That's at the Stepien. Um, and then weekly, uh, Mark Schindler and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but super smart, covers the NBA, does some draft stuff as well. Uh, we do a weekly podcast called Tag the Roll, uh, talking about draft stuff. We're going to be doing a live show during the draft. So if you want to come nice. tap into that and uh, watch the draft with us while we react to the picks, um, I, I feel like that's uh, that's going to get some cold take bulletin board material, instant reactions to the draft. <laughs> but uh, it should be fun. Um, so, yeah, it's it's big time. July, June is very busy. Um, I'm going to be writing, tweeting. Uh, so hit my DMs if you want to talk basketball or anything like that. They're always open. And uh, yeah, just stay on the lookout for all that stuff. I appreciate you guys for having me. This is not even no, no BSing. Uh, this is one of my favorite stops. Man, I always love having you here, man. I always have met really a lot of fun when Jay comes here. And it's funny because I don't always agree with him, but I just like the way he breaks things down. No, I like his passion. He loves the game, man. He mm-hmm. loves yeah, the game. There you I, go. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. That's all That's all you can do. Now, we're not yeah. supposed to all agree out here. But... Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Yo, Raw, let them know where they can find you, man. Raw Hebrew Remnant on YouTube. Raw Hebrew Remnant on Twitter. Uh, that's a, that's all you need. Well, I'm on uh, Patreon, but I said on Twitter, I sent a Patreon video t- um, to Twitter so you can get me a Raw Hebrew Remnant rep uh patreon as well that money that goes to patreon as y'all know uh is designated for the philippines it buys rice and food for mostly single parents there all right shout out to Raw. good pause all right ryan you already know man where can i find you sir you can find me on instagram at sir g is chilling sir, sir g, g is, is chilling chillin'. <laughs> right. that's s-i-r-g is c-h-i-l-l-i-n you can also find me on twitter at ryan g-k-o-t and i also got my sports page which is on you know i'm still working on it still working on a few things but it's sergi's corner so you check that out and also all right cool and you you already know to find us shout out shout out to mikey he just wrote a uh, new article at the nick time show talking about johnny prine and those guys so definitely check out nicktimeshow.com you can listen to us on all social media platforms you can buy our merch at nicktimeshow.com as well uh, we're on spots um itunes Spotify, google play stitcher all that noise and follow us it's on twitter at the KOT show and also instagram and facebook at the nick of time show all right and uh yo i'm i'm man i know i've been silent but i'm silently working on something too so, all right i'm silently working on something i'm for the summer for the summer man i was trying to do it last year technical yeah. stuff happened i'm trying to bust something out this summer that's different so hopefully finally get it out here but hold tight guys all right hold tight that is our show jake man whenever you want to come by if you just want to be like yo i want to jump on you open invitation come through <laughs> <laughs> all right love that i appreciate right. you guys all right yo all right that is our show um oh yeah you already know the drill as always shout out to worldwide west everywhere we go we leave a worldwide mess it's a mess out here in these nick streets that is our show we out of here peace peace York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,